Hey guys, it's Ron and Fez here. It's time for one of our stupid best ofs, but instead of that, we want to play you something else. This is a podcast of some buddies of ours named Al Hefe and J Dubs. The name of their show is Next. And if you want to find out more about Next, you can go to myspace.com slash next radio. Next. 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 What's next? Three hours. The top ten stories of the week. According to them. El Jefe. And J-Dubs. Next is now. I'm El Jefe, and I think now's a good time for a raise, Wiki. I'm J-Dubs, and I know I'm going to need a couple days off in August, so mark that on your calendar and uh, work around me, please. Welcome to Next. Which one of these headlines will be the number one story of the week? Or will any of them? Sex ed for kindergartners, spreading the virus can get you jail time, and Al Sharpton's now down with Imus. The details in these stories, where they rank in this week's top ten, are all next with us, El Jefe and J-Dubs. First, a little bit about who we are, briefly, because we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, We used to host The Hideout on 106.7 WJFK and Real Radio 104.1 in Orlando, of course, JFK in D.C., we did next for two weeks the terrestrial version on 92.3 Free FM in May and in February. And for the last month or so, we've been doing a next cast. Not quite a newscast, part podcast, next cast that was available on iTunes or via our MySpace page, myspace.com slash next radio. So add us as a friend, check us out. Uh, definitely go see what's going on there. Dubs, uh, tell all the boards where everyone can go to, to talk about the, uh, the well, broadcast. Well, there, there's, of course, uh, FBA, FullBlownAids.com. There's a next area right there. Also, uh, for the Ron and Fez listeners, RonFez.net has a little one right there. NextRadioFans.com is our main fan page where all of our fans will get together and talk about the show each and, and every week. Yeah, and even there they have the entire library of the terrestrial versions of Next and the Hideout. And, of course, Dubs and I used to work with Ron and Fez at WJFK, uh, produced them for a little while, followed them afterwards, so uh, it was all a lot of fun. And we'll get into thank yous a little bit later on, too, Mm -hmm. but goddamn, a huge thank you to our buddies, Ron and Fez, for everything everything that they've done for us. All right, Dubs, Next starts now. Next. Story number 10. Next download. A lot of innovation to rescue an injured man stranded on the St. Croix River near Grantsburg, Wisconsin. Officials say he weighs about 500 pounds, which created some challenges. A hovercraft couldn't lift him, so dozens of workers loaded him into an aluminum boat. Because the water was too shallow for the boat to float, the people took turns hoisting it two feet at a time. James Shugel talked to friends who were with the man when the trouble began. I didn't think I'd ever see him again. 11-year-old Jacob Wolf learned a lot of lessons in the last day. But maybe the most important one, what to be thankful for. See, he, his dad, cousin, and a family friend floated down the St. Croix River on Monday. But they ran into a number of problems. It's supposed to be really fun. Not a disaster. They didn't know how shallow the river really was. Till their friend Marty, who some say weighs 500 pounds, hit a rock. His inner tube popped. Jacob and the others had a difficult time getting him to shore. I had to make a choice of leaving my boy stranded and try to go look for help or stay there. Your well, boy is 500 I, pounds. He should be able to take care of himself. 
And I, it seems like this is a normal route for people to go inner tubing or whatever they're, they're doing out there. It doesn't seem like they're the first ones to do that. So it's probably a thing called displacement. When a fat guy gets into water, you know this, uh, when, whenever you were at your fattest, you couldn't take a bath because of displacement. When you're 500 pounds, you can't go tubing because you're going to bottom out because of displacement. It was about 40 feet when he got in, about 4 or 5 feet, and then boom, right onto a rock. I gotta give dude props for getting out there and uh, do a little exercising. Why not? We always give really morbidly obese people shit for the fact that they don't get out. They don't try to burn some calories. At least this dude was floating down a river, burning an extra 20 calories or no, so, getting he, some sun. He was, he was doing the same thing he did at home. Just sit there and enjoy whatever was going on around him. He wasn't doing anything. And uh, how do we know that this family isn't some kind of perverse, morbid family, like this guy's morbidly obese, and just using him as the inner tube? I think that that's... Because there's no inner tube big enough for a 500-pound man. I chose to go get help. It was quite a, quite a challenge because of where they Steve were. Geiger and at least a couple dozen other rescue personnel floated downstream on canoes till they found Marty and Jacob on shore, dehydrated, hungry, tired. Excited, finally, someone's going to help us. Rescue personnel put backboards across the canoes, lifted Marty on top, and proceeded downriver. It was... How do you get dehydrated, dehydrated in a freshwater river... And I'm not drinking that. Are you kidding? That's dirty. They're fishing there. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to be dehydrated, you're going to drink whatever you can. And this guy eats whatever he can anyway. So how can he be really starving hungry if he is 500 pounds? You can live off that body weight for quite a while, more than the four or five hours he was out there alone. Dude, when you're a fat guy and you haven't eaten, you literally feel like you're withering away. He may have lost 20 pounds during this and the dehydration lost the water. But it hurts. I know. I know for a fact because I'm going through this whole detox diet thing. And when you're a fat guy and you're not eating, it literally is true, the hunger pains. It was really a a team effort to get those folks out of there. And all of them, I appreciate what they did for my boy and my best friend. Dad was worried about Marty, but it was agony, he says, being far from his son and not knowing if he'd see him again. I found out Ten hours since leaving to get help, he did. So I'm just glad both of them are safe. And James tells us Marty hurt his ankle when he was in the river. He went to the hospital and we're told he should be okay. Until next week when he has a coronary. Yeah, the ag- 500 pounds. The agony for me was, would be like, oh man, no one's going to want to be a pallbearer at this thing. No one's going to want to do this. I don't know how I'm going to put this whole thing together if he dies. So to recap for you, the guy's inner tubing, it pops. He tries to get out of the water. He slips on a rock, hurts his ankle, starts having chest pains. First of all, is the rock okay? No (laughs) one said anything as to whether or not it's just a whole bunch of pebbles now. Then they try to bring in a hovercraft. That shit doesn't work. Mm -mm. Then they they try to call a helicopter, but it was in another state. And so finally they get the idea, MacGyver says, I'm going to put together three canoes and put this fat bastard on there to try to, to, try to get him down river, but he's so fat they can't move it off the rocks, there's not enough water. This place doesn't have one helicopter, but it has a hovercraft. Right. The hovercraft, which is the worst thing ever, 
uh, I, I used to have a, a little remote control one, and it, it would never work. You know, it, it would go tail first right into the water if you tried to take it on water, and it would go really slow cl- across the land. So it was never worth it, and it never worked out. So I, I and which proves it is we would all be driving them right now if they were actually good vehicles. Dude, I had a hovercraft, the GI Joe one. I thought it was the most badass thing ever. I always thought hovercrafts were the coolest thing. Wasn't the GI Joe one just on wheels? It yeah, looked like it was, but it looked badass. I always figured, man, this is gonna be sweet. Mine was actual air powered. It would float and everything, but it was terrible. So anyway, this guy, they then have to move him two feet at a time. It takes forty to fifty people. At what point do you say to yourself, fuck it, leave me here, I was meant to die, I, as a fat guy, if I was sitting there that, you know, that much and people had to try to help me, I'd be apologizing over and over, I'm so sorry, I can't believe this, I'm so sorry, fuck it, leave me here, I don't deserve to live. At, at 500 pounds, you are known as a selfish person. And you really don't care about the people around you. You really don't care about your loved ones because you aren't taking care of yourself so you can take care of other people. You are, you know, you don't care about anybody but yourself. So I guarantee he was just, how much longer? (sighs) Do you think this motivates him to lose weight? No. No way. Now, you've lost a lot of weight in Mm -hmm. the last couple of years. What, like 80 pounds almost? Yeah, probably about that. What is it that made you decide, I'm going to lose weight? Um, well... (sighs) When like I, I would get raw nipples from the the shirt being so tight against my skin and everything because I didn't have any new shirts or anything, uh, that would be one thing that really told me, hey, I can't do this anymore. When I was with my ex girlfriend, I would uh, have to be on bottom because uh, I would, you know, be out of breath get very winded. very quickly. And even because I was a smoker too, and, and still am, but uh, I, you'd hear me wheezing even on the bottom. <sighs> coughing at times it it was very disgusting for me it was all completely sexual i remember seeing a porn and this was maybe about six weeks ago it was a porn heavier guy hairy guy (laughs) kind of like me and there's a girl giving a blowjob to him Mm -hmm. and she has to push the skin back (laughs) in the pubis area to really get a good mouthful and i i literally it was like Oh my God, I'm having an out-of-body experience. This is what it's like for my poor, beautiful girlfriend. I got to fucking lose weight. That's what it looks like as I'm lying on my back saying, Oh yeah, it's great. You're doing great. And I just think to myself, this girl has to love me so much. I got to go on the detox diet. Right when you gave me that description, I got a must smell like going on in my mouth. It's, oh. Uh, and how, in that porno, how comfortable do you have to be with your fatness to say, you know what? I'm gonna let everybody see how small I've gotten because of the. And it, uh, it's true because it shrinks. Yeah, while well, your your body's taking up more skin, and that skin has to come from somewhere, and some of it comes from your unit. So uh, if you do lose weight and you're a fat guy, you do get a bigger unit, which is another. Oh yeah, I'm seeing plus. that. Yeah, so I mean, it, you have to be very very comfortable with your fatness to go into a porno at that point. But if you're 500 pounds like this dude, he doesn't care. You know, like he's not getting any action. Now. Here's what had to be at a decent weight at some time. There had to be that breaking point where it was just like, all right, I could either keep on going with this and become a 500-pound man, or I can lose weight, and I might not be, you know, 150 pounds, you know, or 170 pounds, but I'll be a respectable 250. But no, he uh, he chose 
one way, and that was 500 pounds. Listen to Dude's quote. Again, this is the 500-pound man that was rescued after 12 hours in a river. The evil potato chip has done its dirty work on me. It's just too easy to grab the Fritos or old, du- old Dutch tater chips and keep going. It's one of those things that keep trying to improve. Why, why is it so tough? I, if I walk by a bag of chips, I grab one. I'm like, ooh, that was salty and not that delicious. All right, I'm not going to have another one. I know that something this salty and this just dry can't be good for me, so I leave it alone. There were 40 to 50 people that helped get this guy out of the mm-hmm. river. You got to think, if they ever see him around town reaching for a fucking potato chip, they're going to slap his hand and be like, dude, do you remember that day in July? Do you remember what it was like for those 12 hours? Stop it already. It's going to take a community to make sure that he doesn't get any fat. Yeah, the next thing they're going to have to do is bring a hovercraft in to take him through the drive-thru. He's going to keep on gaining weight. It, It doesn't matter. And even though these people took 50 of them to get him out, he will not stop. And a new study released this week says that people are gaining weight. If they keep doing it at the current rate, the fat norm, uh, fat will be the norm by 2015. 75% of U.S. adults overweight with 41% obese. And that was the other thing. I did my whole little, what do I weigh? Where am I at? And I am so incredibly considered obese. That along with my poor girlfriend and what she has to do orally for me. I said, fuck it. I got to lose weight. I don't know what it's... Hopefully for this dude, it's going to be getting stuck in a river for 12 hours is what's going to make him decide, you know what? It's time to drop a little bit of me. Next. 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 Story number nine. Girl fight in L.A. It was fight night in L.A. Comedy Club when John Lovitz roughed up Andy Dick over the murder of their Saturday Night Live colleague, Phil Hartman. Wow, what a, what a battle of titans that was. Uh, this actually happened a couple of weeks ago, but it, it's starting to really, it, it, you know, it made the major headlines during this past week mm-hmm. as it's number nine here on Next with Hef and Dubs on XM. Laugh Factory owner who witnessed the assault said, John picked up Andy by the head and smashed him into the bar four or five times. Blood started pouring out of his nose. All the comedians are glad I did it, says Lovitz, because the guy is an asshole. Wow. Well, I mean, he, he's not stepping away from me. He's not saying, you know, I made a mistake or anything. He's saying, no, I'm, I'm proud of what I did. Screw him. I, no one likes him, and I'm just showing everybody that this guy is an asshole. Do you have more respect for Lovitz now? Uh, no, not really. I, I, the only thing I've ever loved of his was The Critic, and everybody hated The Critic. But, uh, no, I mean, he... He really lost me with those subway commercials he's done lately, and every other thing. That's he, Jared. No, he, well, he, for some reason he has Jared body and decides he needs to do the same commercials. Oh, that's right, the one where he's sitting in the chair. Yeah. Uh, name another actor you think that John Lovitz could have beaten up. Oof. I don't you know. You think there's anyone else besides Andy Dick that he's handed an ass whooping to? <laughs> you know, if you have asked me that, who can John Lovitz beat up? I probably would have thrown Andy Dick out there. But other than that, I would not put my money on John Lovitz at any time. What about like a DJ Qualls or something? DJ Qualls is stringy, man. That guy has long arms. He has reach. Apparently, Lovitz and Dick have been angry with each other since 1997. There was a Christmas party at Phil Hartman's house five months before his wife flipped out and ended up shooting him Mm -hmm. uh, and herself. Andy was doing cocaine, and he gave some to Bryn after she had been sober for 10 years. Phil was furious about it. 
and five months later, he's dead. Lovitz added. Whoa, five months. I, I, I can see if uh, Andy Dick gave her the drugs and she went into some kind of crazy tizzy while on the drugs and killed Phil Hartman. But that wasn't what happened. You know, it was five months later. She continued the addiction and or, or didn't. I don't know if she was still high on cocaine at that time uh, and killed Phil Hartman. I don't think one has to do with the other. Yeah, I don't understand what the correlation is either, mainly because of the fact that you know, she made the choice to do the drugs. Mm-hmm. She made the choice to kill Phil and herself. The whole thing, like you said, it seems completely unrelated. It, if anything, it's Hartman's fault for marrying a wacko. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to know who you're marrying. Uh, and that's why I've never gotten married, because I've never thought I'd known a girl that well to say, hey, I'm going to live with you for the rest of my life, and I'm going to bet that you don't change into some kind of psycho murderer. Uh, last year, Lovitz related... Uh, a drunken dick rolled up to his table at a West Hollywood restaurant, rudely downed his guests' peach liquor drinks, looked at him and said, I put the Phil Hartman hex on you. You're going to be the next one to die. Then he said, Love it says, uh, what'd you say? And then it was repeated, I put the Hartman hex on you, and you're going to be the next to die. And Lovitz is like, I fucking wanted to punch him in the face. But Why didn't he write then? But I don't hit girls. That Aww. was, yeah, so. Oh, good joke. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yippee. Uh, this reminds me <laughs> of those two sissies in middle school that were going to have, that were going to have a fight that no one gave a fuck about. Well, I always loved the nerd fights in high school. You didn't like that when uh, two uh, two dorks would go at it, like, and you never know what pitted them against each other because they had nothing. You know, they they should have been banded together. They they should have been banded together in their nerdiness and getting their ass kicked by the uh, the stronger people throughout their school career. They should have been fighting in teams, but no, they always decided to go against each other, and it was the greatest fight ever because every time two nerds fought. Both of them would end up crying, even the winner. And it was the only fight where you saw a bull charge and then a bunch of sissy punches to the ribs. Never a face shot. See, at my school, it was almost like it is now. It was about how big of a crowd can you draw. Uh, did you hear Jonathan's getting in a fight? With who? Corden? Oh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> I'm not going to go watch that. I got better things to do. But if it was someone cool... Like Joey and Harold. Well, oh man, everyone's gathering around, and you know you're gonna. It's gonna be a big event. Not for us. It was always the Jimmy Bryce fight. You know, Jimmy and Bryce. If they're fighting, we're showing up because they are two nerds, and they know we know they have a lot of rage, and we know it's just gonna be sloppy. Someone's gonna get a big claw across the face. It's going to be terrific. Were you ever in one of those after school fights? We never had after-school fights. It was always, you know, during class or during the uh, hall hours. No one ever set up a fight. They just happened in the halls. No, wow, really? Because Mm -hmm. this is what it reminded me of. They would set it up at my school. We're going out back, 3.30, meet me there. Well, we uh, we would know that there's a couple people who really don't like each other, and if they cross each other in the halls, you know, something bad could happen. So we would set it up that way. Like, we would invite someone, you know, around someone they didn't like and then something might happen so we'd set it up that way but there was never like a time uh you know place and anything like that we, we, we had to kind of trick them into fighting getting back to this uh lovitz and andy dick fight which is story number nine on next when the two ran into each other again at the laugh factory when this all went down apparently uh lovitz says i wanted to tell him 
I wanted him to say he was sorry for the whole Phil Hartman hex thing that he mm-hmm. said he put on him. But then Andy Dick says, I don't remember saying that. Then he leans in and says, you know why I said it? Because you said I killed Phil Hartman, which I never said. And then he asked him to be in his new movie. So, you know, this whole thing kind of goes down, and then Andy Dick asked Lovitz to be in his new movie. Who the fuck's going to go watch that? Who would waste their dollar going to watch those two in a movie? Have you ever laughed at Andy Dick? I don't know why he's famous. He's done stand-up, right? I don't even know. I've never seen his stand-up. I, I, you know, he has to be famous for being funny for something, but I really don't know why. I, I know he does those, uh, those roasts all the time. He's one of those featured people, but he's never funny in that. Uh, he's been featured in a few movies. He's never really carried one. Do you think he gets a pass because he's bi? And he's Is he kind bi? Of, and he's kind of admitted it. Is he? I thought he had. I don't know. I don't know what he is. I figured he'd already kind of come out somewhat and admitted to some stuff, and so that's why he was just hanging around. No, I, I think he, everybody just assumes it. I thought he admitted to it. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I could have sworn he had. I have no clue. I have he, no clue why he's famous, what sexuality well, is. Well, he's one of those guys. He's still around because of reality TV, like a Kathy Griffin. You what know are you doing reality TV? Uh, he had a show where he was trying to get like an assistant or something. Yeah, that was on MTV, I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. I watched one episode. That was terrible. So then Lovitz grabs him by the shirt, leans over, says, I don't want to be in your movie. I don't want to be in your life. Push him against the rail. Push him again really hard. Security guard broke it up. And he says, Lovitz, that he's not proud of it. But Andy Dick's a disgusting human being. Agreed. Next. Next story. Number Number eight. The longtime chairman of Roger Williams University board admitted this week that he had used the N-word during a board meeting, saying it kind of slipped out. (laughs) He's 80, and he has stepped down after nearly 40 years of being on the board. He admitted that he used the racial slur at a May meeting of the school board's trustees. He said he had been discussing the difficulty of finding blacks and other minority members to serve on the 16-member board, which at the time included 14 white men and two women. Apparently, he became irate when he discussed the pressures to make the board more diverse. At what point? You at one point using the slur to refer to black candidates. Wow! So it wasn't a discussion of race, or well, it was a discussion of race, but it wasn't a discussion on racial sensitivity, or you know how we shouldn't use these kinds of words or whatever. So it he's was, talking about how he can. Uh, I can't can. find enough of these. Right. Exactly. That's how. Where are they all hiding? And that's how it ends up happening. And he's just not qualified. He's just frustrated <laughs> about it. So he ends up calling into a. He's up there. Chuck Jock. Right. He ends up calling into a radio station and trying to explain himself. Next download. I talked about gender, race, ethnicity. I used the, the N-word, and it slipped out, and uh, never even knew I said it. <laughs> wow, if you don't even know you say it, that's one of those words when it pops out, even if you really don't have a problem with the word, you know you said it. Yeah. It, uh, if you throw it out there and you don't even know you said it, it's way too easy for you to say. Well, yeah, it's rolling off your tongue all yeah. the time. And, and the N-word, I don't know, maybe because he's 80. This is a little too old school. I think that's like one of those starter words for racists. Because, you know, you're 13, 14, you find that word, and uh, you're throwing it around. But then you get bored with it, and then you start, you know, finding those new terms on the Internet. 
Uh, Papito says that he is uh, given the law school about $7 million, and his name is on the law school, the only one in Rhode Island, and adds he had never used the term before. He talked, he talked to WPRO Radio. The first time I heard it was on television. And then rap music or something. <laughs> this motherfucker is lying so much. First of all, what are you watching on television? Just regular old television where you hear They that? never stayed on the McLaughlin group. You know, you aren't going to and find it on there. Like. Yeah, and, uh, and you don't listen to rap music either. There's no way. I, he, he's trying just to push it off on the media and uh, the things around him, not his family and the meetings he goes to every other week. It was on television. It was in rap music or something. I know I heard it somewhere, and that's why it yes, accidentally you, slipped out. You hear it in your head every time you uh, you are uh, in a restaurant or in public at all. When you uh, when you see a black person, it just keeps on barreling through your mind. Roger Williams University in Bristol has about 38 undergraduate students. The law school opened in '93, renamed in 1996 for this guy, the founder of Fortune 500 company. I always thought guys who were starting companies like that, this word would roll off their tongue way easy. Really? And this kind of helps prove it because he's older. I mean, he's 80. You know, I'm sure he said it in hate a few times. I'm sure this isn't the first time he's ever said it. Oh, come on. Honestly, while growing up, you know, you you find a word like that. You find a word that burns someone. You're going to use it once or twice. You're going to use it while you're driving. You know, you're going to use it, uh, you know, when you get angry, stuff like that happens. Now, when you're just talking in a a, uh, board meeting, meeting, that shouldn't be flying out there. You shouldn't get that heated about not being able to find enough black people to work there. Have you dropped the N-bomb? Like, have you said it to someone? Have you called it to them in anger? Called them Uh, that in anger? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I'm way too much of a pussy. To ever even try well, that? I couldn't even imagine you having that much hate in your heart. I mean, uh, you could, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're driving, you get cut off, you're shaking your fist out the window. That happens. But I don't think I've ever been personally pissed off that much at someone where I would go to that level. See, I'm so proud of myself now. I even take note that if someone, you know, a black person cuts me off, I don't say it. I'm like, you know, I just called them a motherfucker instead of a hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not racist. I'm feeling good. But you, you, just that you pick up that you would normally say that, you are. You have a little racism in your heart. Even if you know that, hey, good for me. I didn't have to use that word. The guy continued in his interview saying, I apologize for that. What else can I do? Kill myself? <laughs> you're, you're too close as it is. It doesn't matter. I don't think black people really care about this guy anyway. I mean, it doesn't matter. He steps down. He's not going to go out and get another job. He's 80 years old. Eh, let him let him live in his house and die later. What is the appropriate punishment for someone who's dropped an N-bomb? Is there anything? I mean, I mean you know, the conventional penalty is a high five. <laughs> um, How about a little sensitivity training and watch Soul Plane? Oh, uh, did, oh. have you? Seen yeah, it? you're gonna you're gonna throw that out a lot in that one. You're you're gonna burn through that word so bad that you're never gonna want to say it again. <laughs> that movie set black folks back at least thirty years. And then have you seen the commercials for this new one? Who's what? who's your caddy? No, it is it is the most shuck and jive. Typical, I guess he has a black guy and he's going in to be a caddy at a all-white country club and he shakes things up. And he 
He adds some color. Oh, Lordy Lord. Yeah, adds some color and spice to it. Just oh, incredibly God. offensive. Um, have you ever had like a racial comment or anything? And maybe not the end bomb because I, I can't see you. Like I said, doing that. Would you ever accident accidentally say something racially and you're like, ooh, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah. Well, it it wasn't like I was mad at her and I brought up her race on purpose. But I was in high school. Um, my teacher was, you know, I thought screwing me over on my grade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I thought I had a B plus on this. She gave me a B minus. So I'm arguing with her. And I asked her, why are you chewing me down on this one? Why can't you stop chewing me down? And right when I left my lips, I knew, oh, crap. This lady's Jewish. I just uh, really screwed up here. And the whole class heard it, too. And you heard a whole <gasps> in the in the uh, in the uh, classroom right when I said it, and I didn't get my better grade, and I, I didn't get in trouble either. She just told me to go sit down. Did she but get angry? Not no, but like you, I'm sure I turned a different shade of red. You know, just completely embarrassed because I knew I screwed up right there. Where had you originally heard that term? Oh, everywhere. <laughs> what? I, it was a normal term growing up, chewing you down. I, you, you, you hear these terms a lot when you're a kid, you know, and you don't know what they mean, and they become part of your normal vernacular. Yeah, I never heard your "why you chewing me." <laughs> you never I, heard that. I grew up in Texas and in Dallas. There no really Jews? weren't there weren't a lot. I mean, I had I had one who had married into the family, but he wasn't practicing or anything you know so i had a couple of cousins who were jews but it never i'd never known that stereotype of hey stop jewing me it was always don't jip me which you know goes back to gypsies mm -hmm. but i'd never heard that mine don't say that to a gypsy no don't get pissed uh -huh. i saw that in the house once uh mine was uh she was my ex-wife now but at the time we were dating in high school and i was 17 and we were just hanging out on the couch you know cuddling or whatever you do and I'm running my fingers through her hair. I go, you know, your hair is kind of like pubic hair. <laughs> yeah, she had to like that one. <laughs> Dude. Uh, I got... Immediately, she sits up and she starts crying. I mean, she's just bawling. Hot. She was just trying to get you going. And I'm like, oh, shit, what'd I say? What did I say? Well, I, because here's the thing. In Texas, you know, that's all... We're so racist down there. Mm -hmm. So incredibly ra Like, Mexicans are even racist toward black people, even though we should be uniting, you know? It's like the two nerds fighting. Right, exactly. So she goes through this whole thing about how could you say that? You know, that's why so many black people put relaxer in their hair. This is such an awful thing to have, quote-unquote, you know, the bad hair as opposed to the good hair. And apparently in the community, she had the, quote-unquote, good hair. You know, I don't know. I, I, I learned I was but 17. Even, her, even hers was pubic hair to you. No, I was 17, dude, and I had no I, that, idea. That's the whole thing, too. I mean, you are, you're 17. You're growing up. You don't know a lot of these things. And people get livid that you don't know. It's it's literally ignorance. It's not that you're trying to piss someone off. You and you were just making an observation. You rubbed your hands down her pants and then on her head. You're like, hey, stop! What the hell? No. What's going on here? And in hindsight, like, of course, I tell you the story, and you're like, dude, obviously you shouldn't have said that. But at the time, oh yeah, you know, I'm like, you know, whatever. So. 
it goes back to that whole ignorance thing. So when the whole Imus thing goes down with the whole nappy headed, mm-hmm. you know, I that uh, instantly brought you back to uh, it. Did like everyone was railing. What does this even matter? I mean, it's just a phrase. It's not like we call them the N bomb. Yet I knew. Oh wait a second! <laughs> I know for a fact this is a very big deal to black women. Yeah, it made your uh, ex cry. Oh, made my ex cry. Occasionally got brought up. You know, really? Oh, she brought it back every once in a while, just to kind of remind. Hey, don't ever go there again. <laughs> so you know, when people were saying about this whole Imus thing, you're whipped. It's not a big deal. It certainly was a big deal. I saw it all go on. Now, speaking of Imus, did you see mm-hmm. this? Talking about how long should someone have to pay or their punishment. The uh, the guy uh, from the law school that said, uh, I apologize for that. What else can I do? Kill myself. Al Sharpton this week comes out while we're in the middle of story number eight, just kind of talking about racial stuff. Says, you know what? I'm not opposed to the Iron Man coming back and doing his radio really? show. Really? Then what was the point? He urged Imus's firing and now says he has the right to make a living. Well, here's my thing about Sharpton. This proves, and I think Imus should be able to go out, make a living again. I don't think he should have lost his job in the first place. But this this proves that Al Sharpton was just looking for a little spotlight at that time. He was looking for a little run, and now he's done with that. He doesn't want to be known as the Imus, you know, hater. He wants to be known, uh, you know, he wants to move on to his next thing. This proves that he didn't really care up front. He didn't believe in his cause, and now he's moving on to another one. Sharpton says he hasn't softened his views about Imus, sure. but added, under the right conditions, Imus's banishment could eventually end. Hope that the broadcast outlet that eventually hires Imus will take steps to ensure that he won't return to the brand of humor that included race and gender-based insults. We never asked him not to work again. This is what he said originally to Radar Magazine. Didn't he? Didn't he say that he doesn't have a he? His history doesn't give him the right to work anymore. He, he's a repeated offender, and he can't, he shouldn't be able to be on the air anymore. I thought he said that. I'm pretty sure that's what happened to you. What's the point of a firing? Not to say I shouldn't be able to come back, but why fire the guy if he's just going to come back later? That's just a well, suspension. Well, why call... It's a nine-month suspension. Why call for a firing if you aren't going to stick to it and say, no, I don't want this guy working again? You know, it, 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 he got suspended when uh, all this happened, and that should have been enough for Al Sharpton if, that, if this is the uh, angle he was going to take later on because it's actually what it is, a suspension. What fucking lesson does this teach if there's Nothing. supposed to be a, a lesson that's learned from this? What it did was hurt a lot of other people... Uh, yeah, us, uh, JV and Elvis, they uh, ended oh, up... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they ended up getting screwed over over this. There was a whole tidal wave of things that happened because of this one case. Conspiracy. You think? Mm-hmm. And here's what I think it is. I think Imus was in on this with Sharpton. You think so? I think Imus said, you know what? I need a little time at the ranch. I need a little pop. I need a little time at the ranch. Hey, let's do this whole thing. Because nothing else makes sense. It has to be a conspiracy. It has to be these two guys getting together and say, hey, let's beat each other's chests for a while, and it'll be this big, you know, shitstorm, and our names will get out there. I'll go on vacation. You'll regain your stature in the community. I'll come back at the beginning of the new year rejuvenated. Everything will be great. Because essentially, that is exactly what's going to happen. No lesson learned. 
a couple of guys out of jobs, still out of jobs. Mm. The only way that teaches a lesson if it's a couple of ass fucks like you and me who then have to go and work regular gigs. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to uh, do this to uh, I'm a millionaire. Yeah, someone who uh, really doesn't. He's he's been on the radio for a very very long time. He's done his. You know, he's been to the peak of his radio career definitely, and that's already passed him. It's if you were doing this to someone who is still coming up and you have fear that could be big. And, uh, you know, spreading this view that you don't like. Maybe that makes sense. But someone at the end of their career, the, you know, no one was really listening to anymore. It doesn't make sense at all, other than just to get a little publicity out and there. Again, you know, I was on IMS's side over this whole thing, even though I understood what he said, mm. why it hurt the community. But what was the point of that political correctness shitstorm that went down? What was the point of it all if you come around full circle and the guy that went on the crusade mm. eventually says, ah, oh, whatever, he can go and do his thing. We've moved on. What's the point? Next. 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 What's next? <laughs> all right, Dubs, want to remind people that are listening to Next. I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. Check us out, myspace.com slash nextradio. Thank you to everybody for allowing us to hang out on XM202, the virus. It is absolutely an honor. Dubs, we are now through story number eight. On the way still, the next hack list, the biggest sports cliches of all time, and Bobby Brown versus Bin Laden. Let's continue, Dubs, with the uh, countdown. El Jefe, J-Dubs, next is now. We'll pick it up with number seven in a second, but first, Dubs and I want to go behind the mic. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were very cool to let us do this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously Ron and Fez for giving up the replay slot, uh, Wiki and Elo and Opie you know, and Anthony for allowing us to be on the channel here with them. So, I mean, we're just incredibly grateful. Very thankful. Because we're fans, you know. Yeah, it's the only station I listen to, really. Yeah. Honestly. It's uh, 202 or 20, because uh, occasionally I like to Yeah, you like to be a little femme. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Manelli for Furtado fan, and that's Opie's fault, actually. Uh, but nonetheless, so Dubs and I, like we said earlier, hosted the hideout in Washington, D.C. on 106.7 WJFK, and then in Real Radio 104.1 in Orlando. In D.C., we worked with Ron and Fez and had a blast there with them. Of course. I eventually ended up leaving for Orlando after a whole bunch of stuff went down. And then in Orlando, last November, was it? We got let go because of budget cuts. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, early November. Mm -hmm. Actually, our last day on the air there was election day. Okay. And they called us into a meeting and said, hey. And I knew it. From the beginning, I knew what was going on right there. Well, there like, yeah, whole, it's over for like the first like three weeks leading up to that, maybe even a month. You're always getting these emails in your inbox of so and so is no longer with the company. We like to wish them. Well, the yeah, best and, we, of luck. and we were warned about that. The whole company was warned, saying, "Hey, uh, uh, Clear Channel's trying to kind of uh, lower their budgets and sell off and kind of do that thing." So. You're going to hear a lot of people, you know, being fired and everything, but it should be done by early Halloween. November. Yeah. Well, they even said, you know, by the end of October, if you're still around, you're going to be cool. Yeah, you should be cool. And then, you know, everything happened. Everybody was leaving and everything. I'm like, wow, we survived it. Yeah. We got through. We made and it. And I think we were probably the last ones out. Yeah, they made a couple of restructures that day, but... 
Uh, we made it to Monster Ween, the monsters uh, in the morning who are heard on XM 152. And they, they did mornings at Real Radio when we were there. We made it to their big you know Halloween event. And we were like, ah, oh, all right, well, cool. You know, the contract runs out in April. We're going to be fine. You know, everything's going to yeah, be fine. Yeah, they, they aren't going to fire us uh, four or five months away from the end of contract. You know, Why would they do that? Whatever. They can just fire us then. So then we get, I get an email that Wednesday morning mm-hmm. from our program director, Catherine, that says, um, I need you guys up here at 1 o'clock. We need to have a meeting. And I knew that. Yeah, me too. And uh, when I showed up and saw that she was crying a little bit and everything, I'm like, hey, I even, I'm like, ah, oh, it's fine. Yeah. It don't matter. Let's go. Yeah, let's go get fired. So let's they, do this. Yeah. So we go into the <laughs> we go into the fucking the bigwigs office. Uh, they sit there and they go through this whole I don't know bullshit session. Oh yeah, yeah. They're just giving us all the stroke in the world. Hey, you guys did nothing wrong. Yeah. You guys did everything great. I don't know what happened. We just can't keep you around. The budget, uh, they're they're cutting us by yada yada dollars, and it just happens to be your uh, the amount you guys are being paid. Yeah, uh, which I ended up learning paid for everyone's three uh, percent increases the next year. Well, yeah, I, I guess they couldn't increase uh, their budget at all, mm-hmm. and they found out all right the increase is going to be this much money, so we got to cut this much money. And that money was us. And that's the hideout. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, they tell us, and we're like, "All right, cool, thanks, see you later." <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, yeah, I, I guess you know, radio people. I, I've seen a few firings oh, in my yeah. day. People go nuts. Uh, I remember I was in this one, uh, this one studio. Uh, I was working at ninety two on the edge in uh, Lansing, Michigan, New Rock Station. I got called in that morning saying, "Hey, can you fill in uh, this uh, midday shift?" I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, the girl who worked uh, the midday shift drove like 45 minutes to get there every day, and she was always late. Susan. And I, yeah, and I was figuring that she was just probably running late that day or couldn't come in or something happened. So I made it up there. I did the shift. I was about halfway through it, and she came in just bawling, going crazy, asking if I knew about this, blah, 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 blah. The uh, program director and GM had to come physically remove her from the studio. <laughs> So people in radio do go nuts when they lose it, when they lose the audience to talk to. Right. And so, you know, afterwards, the people who fired us, like, wow, that was easy. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, take care of yourself. (laughs) All right, you guys have fun. How long are you going to pay us? (laughs) Ah, shit, cool. All right, just make sure it's direct deposit and insurance to the end of the month. Perfect. We'll see you guys later. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye now. So that happens. And immediately our phone rings. I mean, we get like three different calls of, hey, do you want to come here? Do you want to come here? Send us your stuff. Let's do all this stuff. Everything's going to be yeah, we're, we're fucking like, fantastic. All right, we're like, yeah, we'll be, out, uh, we'll be out of a job. Six weeks tops. Not, Six weeks we tops. We were even saying, I was like, fuck, man. You know what? I'll go through my birthday through February 10th. That'd be nice. Let's just uh, let's hang out a little bit because I was burned out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. We'd been doing it so hardcore, uh, our time in Orlando. You know, for a little while there, we felt like we were just spinning our wheels, trying to get some traction. And there was a lot of personal stuff on both sides of the fence, you know. Oh, yeah, I went through a divorce. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on that really, really screwed with us emotionally yes. while we are on the air. And then trying to do a happy-go-lucky show on top of that kind of burned us out. And I know a lot of people think, oh, you're doing a radio show. How can that burn you out? But when you have to kind of fake it at times, fake that you're happy at where you're at, Mm. it really starts to take a toll on you. So 
I was genuinely excited for the break. Oh yeah, because I was like, you know, I I need my I need this time to get past this divorce. I need this time to rejuvenate myself. I need this time to just kind of grow as a person. It's been a little while. I've been going nonstop. You know, ever since we got to DC doing this whole hideout thing, I could use. A little break, you know, to learn things. Yeah, because uh, really, we only had like our Christmas breaks up till that point. Our Christmas breaks were our only legit week long break mm-hmm. until uh, uh, November. Whatever, yeah, for whatever reason, a week just never seemed like enough. No, no, that one week it was like it just started being enough at the end of that week, and then we had to go back. And we always wanted to come back swinging, so we'd spend the whole week. Working, yeah, planning for the next kid. Now, I'll say this. Now, there are people who are working regular jobs who are like, what the fuck? What is wrong with you guys? It's radio. You're talking. You're hanging out. As two guys who are working regular jobs now, I will say this. Working regular jobs is easier than radio. But it sucks more. No, absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. The only thing about a regular nine-to-fiver you don't bring that home with you. Mm-mm. When you go home, you are done. Yeah. You know, you're not thinking about what you got to do at, you know, your uh The only way you do bring that home is if you get involved in the office drama. Right. That's the only way you bring it home. You don't bring your actual work home with you though. Because the 4 hours on the air is another 4 hours off the air preparing for it at least. And then another 4 hours beyond that worrying about all right, am I going to have enough for that four hours? And what about, am I prepping okay? How are the ratings going to be? It, there's no wonder my fucking ass started bleeding. You know? Is your ass still bleeding? It's still bleeding, but whatever. You know, I did this whole thing where I had a bleeding asshole. Go look it up on uh, nextradiofans.com. It's still bleeding, though. So we've gone through this job hunt so far. What have mm. you thought about the whole process? We went to D.C. Oh. and did a guest week. New York was a fucking blessing. It was a dream come true to it be able a, to... It was fun as hell, too. You know, being on XM with Ron and Fez and doing, you know, at the time, 92.3 Free FM. We went to Atlanta and uh, had an opportunity there. What have you thought about the process, though? Oh, it is annoying. It is very annoying, very tedious, slow moving, slower moving than I ever thought it would be, uh, especially because of the, the amount of phone calls we got immediately after the day of the firing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it didn't even uh, hit the trades yet that we right. got fired. So only a select few people knew, and it spread out quick, and we got a good amount of phone calls out of that. So I thought, you know, six weeks from now, we're going to be working a better job. It's going to be no problem, and uh, that just didn't work out. We ended up going to D.C. doing that week there, which <sighs> it was all right. You know, I, It wasn't I, our best week. I think it was enough to get us the job. Yeah, probably, but uh, you know, we went there and did that. We added another person, Shafey, one of our buddies, to the show for that week. I think that kind of hurt us just because, not because he's bad or anything, because it's different doing a show with a different person By than the way, knowing the flow. Yeah, download his, his podcast at skankshift.com. He's mm. really a, an immensely talented guy. So, I mean, DC went the way they, they made their decision. We all know what happened with New York. Um, I don't know if we can say how close we were to getting that job. Probably not. But, yeah, let's just say our Earth was shattered uh, Mm -hmm. that day that it flipped the K-Rock. And then at the same time, too, the Atlanta thing ended up going to a buddy of ours we used to work with, Giant Brian Crothers and Perinoy. And the funny part about Giant Brian is uh, I've tried to call him and congratulate him, 
And for some reason, that guy won't return my phone calls, even though he was calling me to try to hook up with our agent and everything. I had no problem hooking him up, doing that kind of, of stuff, and uh, give him numbers and doing that kind of thing. But I don't know if he thinks I'm going to call him and yell at him for getting a job, for right. being employed. I don't know. I I love the guy, and I, I'm so happy for him for getting the job. And he's working with a cool dude, Chris Williams, down in Atlanta at Project 961. And, and, and he's taking Paranoid. He's uh, yeah. you know, a guy who's been nothing but great to Ron and Fez and us for years now. But I don't understand why a motherfucker can't give a call back. I think it's like he doesn't want to deal with the awkwardness of him There's getting no the job awkwardness. over us. It's no awkwardness on our end, but I would assume uh, it, that maybe there is on his. There should be awkwardness on our end, if any end. I guess. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying, though. That's why I don't understand yeah, what's going on. Yeah, that's why I don't on. get it at all. We'll get back to the countdown of next uh, here on XM202, but we're just kind of giving you a little background of who we are, where we are. We've never kind of done this. We mm -hmm. haven't done this yet and told these stories, but now that we have this opportunity... Why the hell not? I feel like we uh, we, we need to. You f you miss being on the air every day? Yeah, I do. I, I miss being on the air. I mean, and the only thing I don't miss is worrying. You know, the worrying. But that didn't affect me. You know, I, I would rather be worrying than working normal jobs. Right. I'm more, you know... Over and over again, I'd rather worry than work these normal jobs. But uh, it hasn't happened yet. It will, I'm sure. Right. No, it's, uh, we're excited. The good thing to come out of New York, uh, we were able to sign with Bob Eatman, mm -hmm. uh, super agent, reps ONA and Ron and Fez. And, you know, they're working hard for us over there. And, you know, we're able to do this. It's an honor to be on XM202. So, honestly, like all the jobs that fell through, just the fact that we're able to be here and say, fuck all that you know and kind of mm -hmm. have that freedom of doing what we want to do uh that's outstanding why next as opposed to the hideout to me i was done with the hideout i was like you know it's almost like it's bad luck we got <laughs> fucked in dc and we did get fucked in dc we went to orlando we got the shaft kind of in orlando enough of it i said you know what the only way i think we'll ever do the hideout again is on satellite radio, yet here we are now on satellite. I mean, we still don't really want to do it. Doing next. Well, I have an idea of maybe, you know, if we do this again next week, doing next for a couple hours, bringing back the hideout for one hour of those three hours. Yeah, well, we'll go over it, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying next. I love the concept of next, the top 10 stories of the week. But that's why no hideout, why we're doing next. And to be perfectly honest with you, the way radio has changed, we could, you couldn't do a hideout anymore on terrestrial radio. It'd be more difficult. You have to just skip around so many different things. And uh, if you want to do a stunt or a bit or anything, you have to explain it in some kind of odd way that, you know, it used to be like, act like you're explaining it. Like you're talking to a six-year-old when you're doing it. Now you can't even do that. No. Now you got to act like you're talking to, you know, someone that knows your secret code. Right. And uh, it, it's just so difficult anymore. And I think, you know, if you're trying to talk in secret codes, it's harder for your audience to really get into what you're doing. It's so tough anymore. And I, that's why, like, I, I, I listen to uh, ONA on their terrestrial show, and... I think they're one of the only people that I've heard that can still explain some of these things and uh, make it work. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, speaking of uh, just kind of terrestrial, the other thing you find out when you're on the beach, who your real friends are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Obviously, Ron and Fez are great oh, buddies. Oh, of course. Uh, you have a real good relationship with E-Rock. Yeah, yeah. I, I talk to him uh, you know, probably you know, three or four times a month. We mentioned our buddy Shafee. Well, also our uh, buddy down here in Tampa, where we're doing, where we're living now, 
Uh, Buckethead out of 98 Rock here in Tampa has been super mm. cool to us. And the funny thing about Buckethead, we never hung out with them, really, when in we, Orlando. Yeah, when we, we worked, worked out together. Uh, we worked uh, together there in Orlando. Now that we're both kind of here, we've struck up this friendship. Other than that, I don't really keep up with anybody on radio, and I haven't had anybody really make contact with me. Um, yeah, I'm drawing blanks there. Yeah. I, I, before, every single week, we would get, you know, other people saying, hey, how's it going? You know, this is me, blah, blah, blah. Hey, how's it going? How's the radio show going? And now you get, don't get any of that. Nope, nothing at all. And then uh, also, too, we got some buddies, Eric and Carson, that work at the Banana mm. in Flint, banana1015.com for those guys. So, anyway... That's kind of who we are and where we are. Uh, for those of you who know who we are, you got a lot of info as far as what we've been up to since fucking November. For those of you that don't know who we are, now you pretty much got our life story. Uh, so you're caught up to this point. Onward. Next. Next story, number seven. Back into the countdown of the top ten stories of the week. J-Dubs on Next on XM. I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. MySpace.com slash Next Radio. Americans would hit the brakes if gas hits three fifty a gallon, according <laughs> to a poll. Uh, Bullshit. Yeah, 40% of Americans say they'd curb their driving habits if, the, if it shot up to that. No way. I, I, people said that when, hey, if it goes over $2, I'm stopping driving. If it goes over $2.50, I'm not driving anymore. If it goes up to 3 no way. I can't spend $3 a gallon. Now it's going to three fifty. dollars uh, Next it's going to be 4 Well, for $4, it was 19%. For four fifty nine 9%. 7% said that it would have to be $5 a gallon before they scaled back. Then another 19% said no matter what it got to, they wouldn't be able to cut back. I mean, I don't drive that much as it is. So I don't think I would cut back even if it went to ten dollars a gallon because I drive literally like a mile a day. So it doesn't really matter to me. I think at five I would have to genuinely start looking at other options. Well, yeah, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't take a job somewhere far out if it went up to like five or anything. But if I was in my current situation, it wouldn't stop me from I wouldn't stop driving where I drive right now. Is gas the new marker if you're considered rich or not? Like, think about it, because if, you if you're driving a Hummer and it doesn't matter to you that you're putting $100 in, you're rich. Yeah. That shit doesn't matter to you. How much does it take right now to fill up your car? You you drive a car with a four-cylinder engine. I drive a two... Really? I didn't know that. 2005 Scion. I don't know shit about cars. <laughs> it takes about 28 bucks to right. fill it up. And how long does that last you? Mm, about a week and a half. Wow, that's good. 28 bucks last few weeks and a half. I got a little Scion. Yeah. Uh, I have a big molester type van. <laughs> Green conversion van. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, that's what radio bought for me, kids. Uh, and it takes 90 bucks right now to fill it up. And that would probably last me a week and a half if I drove on your schedule. Fuck that, man. I wouldn't yeah. be down with it. I couldn't do it. That's why, you know, I don't drive that far. It doesn't really matter to me. Um... Prices hit a fresh record this year due to the refinery problems that cut fuel production during the spring and geopolitical tensions that raised the cost of the crude, the main feedstock for gasoline. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to blame this on Michael Moore or Michael Vick. One of those Why? two. I don't know, because they seem to be the two guys that everybody likes to blame for shit <laughs> nowadays. I don't believe it's geopolitical things, and I don't believe... That it's this price of crude or whatever. I just think we're getting ta- we're getting raped because 
We have to have gas. We're so dependent on it now. We have to have it. We're going to pay whatever we have to. Without a doubt, we're going to get screwed over. And here's the shadiness of the oil business that really proves that they like to fuck us whenever they can, and they aren't completely honest with us. Uh, whenever, you know, you, uh, you there's a hurricane or something, or a threat of a hurricane, they jack the prices up. Before the hurricane. The hurricane couldn't might not even form and come through. But the prices go way up. When uh, the, when the hurricane doesn't come, do they make up for it and drop it way down for a little bit? No, they, they just keep go back that to profit maybe where they were. Yeah, they keep that profit, go back to where they were, and everything's fine. But they don't like drop it way lower to kind of even out that flow. Example: If it shot up twenty cents or thirty cents from the original price, then to make good from that original price, they don't go down twenty or thirty cents. Yeah, Fucking assholes! They don't do it. Surprise me not. And that—that's the shadiness right there, you know. And I, it, there should be. I mean, there are price gouging laws, but they—they they find their ways around them. All right. So you have to have gas. What about some of those other things that maybe you don't have to have? What's the maximum price you would pay for these? Okay. Now okay. be realistic. Okay. You're a smoker. Mm-hmm. A pack of cigarettes. What's the it, max you'd pay before you stopped? If they went up to ten. I would stop. I would hack. I would slow down at seven. Stop. What do you pay now in Florida? Uh, About three fifty. All right. How about for a Monster Energy drink or an energy drink? Period. Just all right. What would what would get me off of the big caffeine kick? How many do you have a day, by the way, so people know? Like three or four monsters a day. Jesus, doesn't it say don't have more than three on the can? Yeah, and uh, I have been known to have six or seven at days, you know, that are going particularly tiring. Um... I would say if they went up to five or six bucks, I would be out, and they're about two fifty right now. Right. Yeah. I think if they hit four, there's no way I'm paying four for one. And I would slow down at four. Bottled water. I don't have any use for it, so if it goes up to two bucks, I'll drink tap. I have no problem with that. I'll buy bottled water, especially in certain places, like in Orlando. The water tastes like ass, so mm-hmm. I was always in the bottled water. Tampa, it's not so bad. Uh, condoms. Um... All right, how much, we'll say 75 cents per condom right now. If they went up to five bucks, I wouldn't use a condom ever again. So, all right. Five bucks is uh, the max I'll pay for my safety. All right, but you'd still keep having sex. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. Basic cable. Basic cable, what's that now? What would you say, 60 bucks for basic yeah, is it? You're the one paying the cable bill. I don't know. Well, we got a few premiums, so we're paying like 90 right now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so stupid. Uh, for the cable, I'm paying 90 right now for cable. For the cable we have right now, I would not pay over 120 And for satellite radio? Satellite radio? Well, I'm paying for a bunch of people right now. Uh, for Thank some, you. No problem. And my mom, who I don't even know if she drives the cards in. Bitch. Uh... I'm paying thirty bucks right now, eh, seventy. If it a little over doubled. Right. Okay. Now, has the gas price directly affected you in any way? Has it kept you from doing anything? It kept me from getting a job. When I very first got out here to Tampa, I had a job possibility with Nielsen Media, mm. and it was on the other side of the earth, and it was an hour one way. And I, there's no way. There's no way I was going to do that as far as gas goes. Not for the money that they were offering. So no, no way. I guess it's kind of affected me. Um, I won't go... Like I, I tend to troll the internet for Poontang, and I found this great site, uh, uh, myyearbook.com, 
where I can find some uh, decent chicks. And it, it, what is it, it, a fucking high school page? <laughs> well, there's high schoolers on there, but I'm old. I'm 26, so I can't even view those girls. Like, they won't even allow you near them. Uh, not that I've tried. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, like, it, it, the, the site's pretty new. You know, it's a MySpace, but it's not, you know. So a lot of the girls on there are internet savvy. They uh, spend a lot of time on the internet, so you know they're kind of hookerish. And I'm able to find a lot of girls that are willing to give you a blowjob <laughs> just because you're wearing a nice shirt in your picture. <laughs> but they'll live like 25 miles away. So I guess gas has costing me some blowjobs here and there. Probably gas three. has kept you from coming? Yeah. Yeah, I think gas has cost me like three or four blowjobs because I'm not, I'm not driving. I'm not going to pay what would equal about 30 bucks in gas to get a blowjob. Next, with El Jefe and J-Dubs. What's next? All right, Dubs, through number seven. A woman takes the phrase, dropping the kids off at the pool, literally. We'll have more on that. And could Chris Benoit have been in the right? We'll give you some details. There's a chance. He might have known what he was doing. All that and more. Again, I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. This is next. A countdown to the top ten stories of the week, according to us. And thank you, XM Nation, for allowing us to hang out with you on the virus. XM202. More after this. Next. It's Ron and Fez, and you're listening to a very special Next. Next, it's our buddies El Jefe and J-Dubs. And if you like what you hear, go to MySpace.com slash Next Radio and listen to some other podcasts from El Jefe and J-Dubs. Next. <laughs> if you missed it, here's what was next. I'm Hefe, that's Dubs. It's Next on XM202, MySpace.com slash Next Radio. Next is a countdown of the top ten stories of the week, according to us. Not going to get too serious. Going to try to keep it light. Just hanging out with you. We do appreciate you hanging out. Number ten, Dubs. 500-pound man rescued from River. Eight, girl fright. Lovitz versus Dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was number nine. Number eight was the accidental N-bomb in Al Sharpton, now down with Imus. Then we did a little behind the mic where we essentially explained what it's been like for us being on the beach. And who we are for the people who didn't know who we are before. So, I mean, if you uh, if you don't know us, go to Next Radio. Uh, MySpace.com slash Next Radio. You can find out a little bit more there as well. And then number seven was the gas prices. Dubs, let's move on with the countdown. Story. Story number six. Bobby Brown fears he is a terrorist target. He confessed he's scared of the fact that he might be a target for Al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden. He became aware of the threat when a Sudanese writer wrote about the leader's alleged infatuation with Bobby Brown's estranged wife, Whitney Houston. I remember hearing about this a while back. The reason it kind of made headlines this week is because of the fact he went on to a radio show and said, come on, if anyone's threatened by Al-Qaeda, they'd take it seriously. And he has increased security around him since he heard about the claims. How is he paying for security? What has he done? How is he paying for all these people? Doesn't he have a reality show, Bing Bobby Brown? Uh, yeah, but still, uh, is, is that even on anymore? I don't know. It's, it can't be moving the needle at all. 
hand wasn't like he he him and uh, Whitney Houston had problems. Uh, I think are they getting divorced or, or did they get divorced or whatever? And something they were having problems because he was banging a chick on the side and she was paying for the cell phone and everything he was carrying for. About that. He he can't even afford a mistress cell phone. How is he uh, affording all these people around him? Wasn't there this thing too about him being in jail and like a uh, a radio show came up with a thing of they'd pay his bail if they gave him an exclusive interview? So you're right. I'd never really considered the fact that he might be in some sort of financial trouble. Of course he is, especially not having that uh, Whitney Houston money around him right now. The odd thing about Bin Laden is I'm kind of shocked that he. I never figured him as a saver, as a guy who looked at a crazy girl like Whitney Houston and said. You know what? I want her. I think I can save her. I think I can make her into a better person. Because you know how sometimes people have that saver mentality. Who's more impressionable than Whitney Houston? You know, she grew up as a very you know wholesome Christian girl, so she was impressionable as a kid. She goes and is with Bobby Brown for a while, becomes a druggie, you know, becomes a a very nutty girl. So they've uh, you know she's very impressionable as it is. I, people like Bin Laden are predators. They know what kind of girls they can get and kind of turn them to their side. And Whitney Houston is a perfect candidate. By the way, a reason to got Bobby Brown, that Ghostbusters 2 theme. That's a reason to be pissed at Bobby I Brown. I can't believe you uh, even remember that. Not even Ghostbusters so- 2, period, with that whole painting thing and uh, whatever was going on in there, the, the, the river of blood. So you though, um, you were talking well earlier when we when we saw the story. You don't even think that Bin Laden is actually in to Whitney Houston. Well, I don't know where we found that out. You know, I, 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 from- I did he do it in a video? Did he do it? Uh, you know, how, how do we know that you know he's really into Whitney Houston? Because he's usually just talking about jihad and all these different. Uh, al-Qaeda things when he's doing his videos. He's not talking about who he's jerking over. The Sudanese writer, Kola Booth, it was one of his chicks at the time. All right, one of his many wives or whatever he has. Yeah, and so she wrote this book talking about how he was way into her like all the time. I don't buy it then. If it's not coming out of his mouth, I don't buy it because uh, here's my uh, experiences with uh, the Arab people that I know. They are particularly fond of black people. From what I've found, I, I I hung out with a lot of uh, Arab people directly from Iraq. I mean, they they flew over, uh, were living here for less than a month, and they hated black people. And it wasn't that they're Americanized at all, because uh, you know you'd think, all right, they just live in America. They've heard all the black hatred and everything. That's why. But no, there's some kind of odd black hatred going on in the Middle East. So you think she's running a bit then, or what? I, I think probably that she knows that it would bother the hell out of him for him for uh, her going around that uh, that that he is in love with Whitney Houston. He's probably talked shit about her so many times, like, oh, I hate that bitch. What the fuck? Why? Why is she singing? Who likes this? Who buys this crap? And now she's just getting back at him. Oh yeah, he's in love with Whitney Houston. Just just running a bit on him the whole time getting a little payback for uh you know keeping her cooped up like he did on this australian radio show he says i figure if bin laden wants me and everyone's looking for him it won't happen but if he wants to try and find me for something so stupid then he can if he wants 
Of course I have to he leave can. it in the hands of a higher power. I love how you can't scare a ghetto thug. This fool says, I don't give a fuck. I'll step. You want to step in line? Let's throw it out. I'm a little worried. I'll throw some more security around me, but fuck it. Bring it on. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go into a war without a gun, I'll, but I'll go into war. Is that your impression? What is that? Is that like Bobby Brown. you as DMX? Or I wasn't quite sure what <sighs> I would always want a thug on my side. Like if I was like in a, any sort of a horror movie situation or something like that, because he's got no fear, and then you know he's going to be the first one how to many, get killed. How, yeah, how many thugs are making through a horror movie? That's what I was then about to say. I would make it, though. No, because you're the one reason. hanging out with them, making out. You're the one having sex with them, and uh, the person that has sex always dies, too. I, what? I, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, the rest of the new edition is going to be okay. If he's targeting Bobby nah, Brown. Nah, yeah, he's going to kill everything around him. He's not going to leave one thing except for Whitney Houston. Talking about Bobby Brown, I wouldn't say that he's any sort of national hero or anything like that. He's not the statue of a flavor flave and flavor of love. But let's say Bobby Brown gets taken out by Al-Qaeda. Okay. All right? Let's dream for a minute. Would... Would the nation mourn him? Like, would he? Would he become, become a hero at yeah. that point? Would he become a hero, like a I, David Pearl? I would have to say no. There's no way that uh, Bobby Brown being killed. I mean, maybe if he changed around and uh, went over and fought, and then you know became a hero that way. But if it was just over Whitney Houston, I think it'd be a punchline. You don't think anyone who gets taken out by a terrorist? kind of all their sins are cleansed I mean, it's not our jihad it's theirs you know it's not our thing where uh, they a, get oh all... my god they were taken out by terrorists let's forget all the shitty things they probably ever did in their lives for a lot of people but i mean it, we'd have to forget nothing because he's really done nothing in his life except for my prerogative don't be cruel that was a great song and i think it was even the title of the album so i'm the opinion that you get taken out by a terrorist you're a hero everyone's gonna mourn you and so it doesn't matter what you've done. Not Bobby Brown. Like, I think if Al Sharpton were taken out, mm -mm. there's a segment of society who hates him. Yeah. A, you know, absolutely hates him. But those same people are the people that love to wave the flag. I think if Sharpton got taken out, they might be willing to forgive him. I think they'd go, whew, at least there wasn't anybody uh, that we like. K-Fed. Do you think K-Fed would be turned into, not an icon, but mourned and everyone would forget Popo's out? I, I don't think anybody would forget Popo's out or anything, but I think people would be sorry for being so mean to him. Like, yeah, the guy was just, you know, he was playing it smart. I think, I think actually he would become some sort of a hero. Barry Bonds. No. I think everybody still think he was a prick. I'm a sure steroid using prick, that's I'm what they'd call him. Yeah, I bet there are a lot of people right now that wish it would happen before he overtakes that record. <laughs> Next. Story number five. Guys still have faith in those one-liners when meeting up with chicks. This is a study by British psychologists. They say that men continue to use those one-liners, and a lot of times chicks are still running for the hills. Have you ever used a one-liner? Have you ever tried to, you know, just you know, punch that one-liner home? Never in my life. Really? Uh, if, well, I'm so afraid of rejection. Oh, you got to get over that. If you're going to use a one-liner, you have to get over re with rejection, you know, because you know that 90% of them are going to reject it. You go into it knowing that. You know that uh, most girls aren't going to fall for it. But the thing is, the girls that do are the easy ones. So what you're doing, you're weeding out the strong ones by using the one-liner, and once they walk away, you're like, all right, she was too strong for me. I need to find me, you know, a very weak girl that will fall for, hey, you don't sweat much for a fat chick. 
and uh, you know, then she'll get all gooey for me. It'll be wonderful. I like to play odds, and so I'm not going to go out. And I, like I said, I hate rejection. I don't know what it is. I don't deal with it well, so I'm not going to go up to. First of all, I don't even approach a chick just to talk to him. Like if I'm in a bar setting or something, mm-hmm. I never do that. Much less go up and try to spit a, spit some game with a stupid one liner. Oh, I'll I'll go up and talk to anybody. I have especially if I have a little liquid courage in me, I'll walk up to any girl and start talking to her. I'll you know most of the time get rejected. I usually don't use the one-liner, though. You know, I'll use the nice guy or, you know, if, I, if it's at a gig of the radio guy angle. You know, I'll use one of those angles, but I, will, I rarely, rarely use the one-liners. See, I can't be the confident guy, you know, because there will be confident guy who's walking around exuding the quote-unquote pheromones. And, you know, chicks all of a sudden are like, hey, look at him. You know, there's something about him. That's not me. I'm slouched in the corner. <laughs> yeah, listen to your iPod in a club. I know you do that. It's, it's very, very pathetic, and I don't know how you're ever going to uh, pick up a chick like that in a bar. I think, well, well on one hand, I couldn't be ass uh, confident guy, but I bet I could maybe be asshole guy. Yeah, you definitely could because you just wouldn't look at him. You would uh, you would shrug him off. I'd be like in Flight of the Concords where I'm... Uh, I'm pretending to be alone, or I'm aloof, and I'm thinking, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, guy. Maybe that's a good, you know, a great way. Like, it never fails. If you really look to pick up on a chick, be listening, guy. Oh, listening, guy works so many times. Listening, guy becomes, I feel safe around you, guy, mm-hmm. very, very quickly. One-liners, for the most part, never work. But I found a list on AskMen.com. If you do get into bed with a chick, the things that will instantly turn them off while you're having sex or right before you're having sex. Okay. Uh, one of them, excess- uh, excessively aggressive behavior. Yeah, I could see that. I'm sure, you know, it almost yeah. would turn violent and there would be like a rape thing. And unless she's into sort of, you know, a rape fantasy, then, you know, that's probably not good. Have you ever had a girl say, hey, don't do that? You know, just like, hey, that's not cool. Like, uh, just trying to get, like, you, you get a little too aggressive. No. Like, you grab the ears or something while she's... <laughs> No, I've never. I've had my hand slapped away from the ears on uh, more than one occasion. While she's blowing you? Yeah, yeah. You grab the ears and kind of start uh, gyrating my hips. I right, talking about hate and rejection. One of the <laughs> things that used to fucking drive me insane, and eventually I would stop when I had a girlfriend. Uh, when I was in high school, I ended up being a lesbian. But when we were together, we were making out and stuff, and I'm getting a little tit. Then I decide I'm going <laughs> to go. Tit. Yeah. Then I decide I'm going, you know, to use my hand mm-hmm. and the fucking pulling away, where she like grabs your hand from going for to her crush and then puts it on her boob. And then you always try it five minutes later, like something's changed in that five minutes. Like, all right, and you know, she would, wasn't ready five minutes ago, but she is now. And not to sound like a fucking sissy, but it hurt my feelings. I'm like. Fuck, man. Eventually, I just give up. I'm like, you know, whatever. Let's watch 90210. You're not serious about doing this. <laughs> you are committed to this uh, this fingering I'm about to give you. This yeah. fingering I'm about to bestow on your vagina. I learned some techniques <laughs> that drive you insane. All right, Fuck. Another instant turnoff is begging her to do things that she doesn't want to do. Let me finger you already. Come on. <laughs> She doesn't want to be fingered. You're going to love it. She won't because she's not into it. No. She's going to tense up and uh, you're going to get rug burn on your finger. No, because it reminded her when her cousin did it. She started (laughs) crying. I told you that story, right? (laughs) I don't remember this one. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, we're on satellite. I can fucking tell it for real now. Okay. So 
it's November. It's Thanksgiving break. I okay. believe of my junior year in high school. I was living with another family at the time. I was like, I know I can seal the deal with this chick. Uh, hot little lad chick. Big ass. Mm-hmm. Very hot. Kind of looked like a Tiffany Amber Thiessen almost. So... I, but I couldn't stay in the family's house that I was living with. I couldn't stay in their house over Thanksgiving break because they knew I'd be up to something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what I end up doing is I leave my upstairs window unlocked. So over the Thanksgiving break, while they're gone and I'm staying with like family, I come back to the house and I crawl, I crawl up under the roof. I go inside and I'm like, we got a whole house to ourselves. So finally, I got this chick alone. Mm-hmm. And it's been a tough thing for you to do for a while. Jesus Christ, you have no idea. So we're together. And that was always her thing, too. Of, yeah, we can move further once we get some alone time. We can, quote, unquote, fucking make it special. So, so yeah, you were, you've been waiting so to I get her alone. So I plotted this whole thing of breaking in and entering into this house that I live in. <laughs> so we're hanging out. And, you know, instantly we start going at it. Making out. Shirts come off. You know, our fucking, her jeans come off. And that's the furthest I'd been... Not only with her, but I think with a girl, period. Well, other than when I was molested by a babysitter. Uh, girl. Fat girl. Quit, quit getting into more stories. Stick with the one in hand. Sorry. So so I'm like, holy shit. Like, this may have actually been the first pussy I'd ever seen. Mm. So I start, you know, going to town. Going to town how so? Well, eating her. Oh, okay. You know? And... Did I start hearing? Yeah, I, was it was it awkward at first? Like you've never done it before? No, dude, did you, I knew what you, the, I knew what the fuck I was doing. I'd seen okay. porn. I knew because I've seen you with the burger, and it's not a pretty sight. So I can't imagine the first time you went down there, if there wasn't a little bit of uh, gnawing. I was ready to go to town. All right, all right. I, I was starving. <laughs> then I hear this sobbing. <laughs> she starts like sobbing, and something. I'm sitting like this, and I'm like. Do I pretend like I don't hear it yes. and just keep going? Do I just do I push through and ignore the sobbing yes. and keep eating, or do I fucking? Well, I'm the fucking nice guy, and I look up and then I see her bawling, <laughs> like you know, like I'm down at crotch and I'm looking up. I'm like, now for a lot of guys, like Jesus Christ, that's the fucking hottest story ever. I don't know what I was thinking at the time. I should have pushed through, but I'm like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, you know, kind of hugging her for a second. I'm like, is everything all right? It just reminds me of the time that my cousin did this. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just get instantly hard right then? Was that just the... (laughs) And I was like, well... uh, That, That does that. I guess I'm cooked. So I was like, I was, so you want to still hang out, or we got to go now? Uh, give me my clothes. All right, fine. I'm going to go for a run. That, <laughs> and that's what I would do. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about this. Whenever you get sexually frustrated as a kid, like Forrest Gump, he would just jump onto the road and run across town. If you knew Hefe needed to, uh, like, he couldn't, if he, if Hefe had blue balls, <laughs> you knew it by him running across town. I'm not bullshitting. I go, all right, we can go. Let me throw on my workout clothes. And I did. I went and I pro- didn't stretch nothing because, you know, you're a kid. You can just run. Mm. Ran about five miles. Just took off. <laughs> and she's sitting there alone. In this house that we've broken into, you know what I mean? And while you're running five miles? Yes, because I, and she was so pissed, and I'm like, look, I had all this energy, 
You ruined it with your fucking molestation story. Okay? All right, let's get back to I don't even know what the fuck are your ass men instant yes, all right. turn off. All right, poor hygiene. By That's way, another one. Story number five here uh, in the next count. All right, this is instant turn off in bed. Poor hygiene, of course. I mean, I, the funny thing is when you first are with a chick, you don't know what poor hygiene really is with a chick. So, like, the first time I ever got a little stinky pinky, I sniffed it. I'm like, oh, I get, it smells like an armpit, I guess. That's what all of them <laughs> smell like. <laughs> I'll just go with this, you know? And then I found out that, no, they all don't smell like, uh, you know, like the 500-pound man who's been stuck outside at, a, at the next to a river, like in story number 10. Uh, so, yeah, poor hygiene can put an end to it if you're experienced. Right. For me, it didn't put any end to it. Uh, being grabby. All right, hold on. Going back to poor hygiene. Okay. I got another story. All right, so this was another girlfriend later on in high school, all right? Mm. The woman I ended up marrying. This is a testament. I knew she loved me. <laughs> this is so awful. I don't think I've ever fucking told you this story before. I don't know why I'm telling it now. I'm on a nationwide platform, and I'm going to start telling these stories. Go for it. So it's after a long baseball tournament. Okay. I mean, long baseball tournament in Texas. And I'm a catcher. And, you know, I've been wearing a cup all day. Mm -hmm. So, but we wanted to fool around a little bit. So the big thing to always go do is find a housing development where no one is. Mm -hmm. So we go there and she blows me. Yeah. All right. I didn't shower or anything. Okay. Classy. I could smell myself. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't imagine how awful it was for this girl. Immediately afterwards, she throws up. <laughs> oh, congratulations. You actually, your, your stench actually made a girl vomit Dude, after. Dude, it had been a whole day uh, of baseball. The thing is, would you have been mad if she would have said, no, I'm not going to do it, not right no, now? of course not. Exactly. She but volunteered for the game. <laughs> You know what you're getting yourself into. Oh, now you're sounding like Republicans. Well, about the the Iraqi troops, they knew what they were getting into. You ask her now, she'd probably rather go to Afghanistan <laughs> than fucking blow me. All right, what's another one of these? All right, uh, another one is being too grabby, being too grabby in bed. Yeah, whatever. That's what they're there for. <laughs> Bad kissing habits. You think you're a good kisser? Yeah, I think so. I've been told. I imagine you'd just be a sloppy with all that extra saliva that you got. Nah, in that I'm, I'm fine. Time. I'm fine. I keep everything all nice and moist. Uh, condom issues, I guess, not being able to use them correctly or oh, not not wanting to use them. I guess that would be considered a condom issue. All right. <laughs> all right. Now, I don't, I don't feel like I should admit to this one because this is with a current girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm just running you through my sexual history here mm -hmm. in story number five. All right. So... I have problems with condoms. Okay. Because whenever I have sex, I have this issue thing where pressure gets to me and it can make me lose my wood. So, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this one. Go for it. All right. I make my girlfriend, every time before we're going to have sex, blow me. That's, that's the racket where she has to blow me, then put on the condom, and then we have sex. So, I got her trained. Even though there are times now where I don't have to have her do that. Mm-hmm. I just make her do it anyway because I got her trained to go there. 
I got a system and it works. It hadn't failed me since. Well, God bless you for having a system, but you're an asshole for sticking to it. You know, I, uh, imagine, not anymore. Yeah, now it's not ever going to work again. You've just ruined your whole system. You have to come up with a new one. Why don't you fucking say a little something there over there, dubs? I have come on, to say Johnson, say something. I'm sitting here pouring my soul out on XM202. I have nothing to add to your odd condom issues. All right, another one is keeping your clothes on while she strips. I can imagine you being one of those people who... Uh, yeah, I don't have sex without a shirt on. Are you... Never? No. It never comes off? No, rarely. Wow. I'm a never nude, like Tobias. And that's no bullshit. I just get nuded and really something that I do. <laughs> I'm not I, into it. I don't I'll like... Think, I'm hideous. Now, one thing I don't do is walk to the bathroom afterwards without some underwear on. I'm not going to, you know, let my, my floppy ass no, just... I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll walk out in just my t-shirt. Oh, that's the gayest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a view, especially a view, of where, and we live at the same place right now. I've seen you walk around in just briefs and a t-shirt, which is very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine with your little twig and berries Shut up, dude. <laughs> dangling down there and walking around like that. Like, that would be any straighter. Have you ever done anything to really, you know, ruin the mood as far as sex goes? Um... <laughs> <laughs> one time I was drunk so that's my excuse for this one but I was having sex with my ex and uh, she was on top rhyming and everything and I got bored so I'm just thinking of the night you know the bar and everything and you're hanging out with her friends and everything I'm like hey do you think your friend made it home alright she's <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of it and she's like don't talk about her right now I just wonder I mean she didn't have a ride home you think she made it home okay? <laughs> Normally, you wouldn't care about this girl. You're just, no, you're just thinking no. about anything. Yeah, I'm just like I'm just you know I'm wandering at this point. Jesus Christ! All right, I've admitted enough during this story number five. Fuck you guys. Next. What's next? Jail time for spreading the iris. Details of that story. Actually, not spreading the iris, spreading the virus. Well, SpreadingTheIris.com. Yeah. SpreadingTheIris.com. Go there, check that one out. And sex ed for kindergartners. Is it so incredibly obvious that you and I lacked from any sort of sexual education? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm we sure were. we'll get into that when we get to that story here in mm -hmm. a second. But first, J-Dubs, it's time for our next feature, the next hack list. Next, 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 next. Next is now. Before we continue on with the countdown, it's feature number two, the next hack list. Dubs, you found this one of the top 11 sports cliches of all time. Yeah, this is something that bugs me every time I watch a game or like a like sports center or anything. When they start throwing the cliches around, like you know, we take it one week at a time, it usually happens during the interviews with the uh, with the uh, players because they've got to just push so much into their head from the coach every week that they throw these cliches around like they're legitimate talking points. You're right. Coaches really are cliche machines. Mm -hmm. I've never really thought about that, but that's their thing. They beat it into your head, so whenever you're doing the interview, you just parrot it right back. Number 11, this win was a total team effort. Yeah, yeah, we you know we couldn't have done this without the line, the uh, you know everybody, the the assistant coaches. I mean, they really taught us a whole lot about how this team works, and uh, we did it as a team effort. It wasn't one individual person. This team sent a message today. 
the fuck does that mean? Like, what's the point? Well, they, they, they aren't going away. But you they're, won. They, yeah. They, 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 but they, you know what? You know, people thought we were fading away. People thought we weren't going to be able to uh, maybe make playoffs. We just sent a message today. You always hear this one from commentators, number nine. They control their own destiny. Yeah, yeah, that's one that uh, they will throw around a lot. This team has overcome a lot of adversity. <laughs> well, what team hasn't? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, any team that makes it to the big game or, you know, whatever, always has to go through the same amount of teams, the same amount of adversity. Yeah, the only team that you can really probably say that about is, like, Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, or, you know, when a team loses a player like in a, in a plane crash or something along those lines. But other than that, what the fuck's your adversity? You lost game two. So what? It's not anything real. They fought back. A lot of adversity. He thrives under pressure. <laughs> the number seven most uh, used sports cliche. I don't think anybody ever really thrives under pressure. I think most people would like a relaxed game where they're just doing well. I think most people wouldn't want pressure. They have to stay focused. Of course they do. What are they going to just do, wander around the field? Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn into a fucking Little League game and they start <laughs> lollygagging around looking at butterflies. Yelling at their mom and everything. Give me a Capri Sun. <laughs> this team must rise to the occasion. Yes, yes, they must uh, rise to the occasion of the game that they're playing. He's really been in the zone. You're hearing this one a lot. Records are made to be broken because really of Barry aren't. Bonds. Like, what does that even mean? Records are made to be broken. Well, if they weren't there to be broken, why even have them? Why even, yeah, why even, you know, talk about how close he is to the record if it's not there to be broken? They have to take it one game at a time. Of course they do. And the number one most used sports cliche, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. <laughs> That's more of a Michael Vick one. Yeah, that's one where, you know, like, because he's, you know, they use it on him a lot where he's a running quarterback. Wasn't that uh, Dan Patrick who said that when he was hosting SportsCenter way back when? I'm sure, but, you know, know, that's what they use on him right now. Michael Vick is, you can only hope to contain him. And just for a second, and I know, you know, I don't listen to it or, you know, ESPN, very listened to on XM, but uh, fuck SportsCenter because SportsCenter has really ruined sports and added to this whole fucking cliche thing mm-hmm. where everybody wants to be Chris Berman. Oh, or yeah. Or Stuart Scott, that motherfucker. Cool as the other side of the pillow. Yeah. Just, over and over and over again. It's weird how like, on that channel, their whole goal is to create a cliche. Mm-hmm. That's their fucking mission. Yeah, if they can do that, they have a job for even that much longer. Because, right. hey, he's the one that came up with the, the phrase, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know... Uh, In fuego. <laughs> Stupid. Daylight coming, I want a Delome. <laughs> oh, shut up, Berman. Is that really what <laughs> yes. So stupid. Have you ever thought about this? Like, just kind of going through sports and you see... Like, because we're both sports fans. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of the NBA. I love my Dallas Mavericks. You love your Detroit Lions. Have you ever stepped back and looked at the games and gone, why do we take this shit so seriously? Why did I almost throw my cat across the room when <laughs> on that phantom foul on Dwayne Wade in the 2006 NBA uh, Finals? I've broke stuff. Yeah, I've broke uh, very expensive items because of losses. And I've, I've taken it way too seriously where I'm just yelling at my TV screen. You know, yelling like, uh, I'm, uh, like I would never yell at a, a human being who's wronged me. 
You know, like someone who's just you know been an asshole to me, I wouldn't yell at them like I yelled at this team. But it's weird how you take this shit so seriously, like well, it's your life. Or why is that? I don't know. I, you just get so wrapped up into it. You need some kind of escape. But it doesn't end up being an escape. No. It ends up being another, you know, just chore you have to do. When the Mavericks made their run mm-hmm. uh, in the finals two years ago, I dreaded every single game because it was too much. I couldn't handle it. Yes, my girlfriend, uh, I was... I was horrible to be around. She'd go oh, lock yeah. herself in her room. Well, we were doing our show in Orlando at the time, and you wouldn't do the show for the last two hours of game night because uh, the game was on. Why do we take it so seriously? I'm like, what's what's wrong with me that I have to? I'm living vicariously. Like, what is it going to do if we end up getting that ring? I'm not fucking getting a ring. Yeah, you are getting a ring. Uh, you can purchase a nice T-shirt that the rest of them wore afterwards. Yeah. But uh, other than that, you aren't getting jack shit out of it. And, uh, you know, like, I, I love it when people are watching games, you know, uh, their home team play or whatever. And afterwards, like, that may have been the greatest game of all time. Greatest game of all time. Yeah, I, I, you're just overblowing it every single time of it being the worst game or the best game of all time. So you found some... Yeah, some of the... Uh, the uh, craziest broadcast calls, like the over-the-top homer calls. This is like the home uh, announcers calling the game, and something big happens. Not that big, though. Not as big as they're making it out to be. Yeah, and if you... Because there are people out there listening who, you know, they don't give a shit about sports, and they look at us like, what are you doing? But so they, then you hear this. This even makes it more silly. And I think even as guys who are sports fans, you can listen to this stuff and be like, uh... Wow, that's uh, that's stupid. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Uh, this first one's Vikings, Dubs. What's that? Okay, this is the Vikings versus the Cardinals. Uh, final game of the season. Cardinals have no shot of making the playoffs. Vikings, one game away from making the playoffs. If they win this game, they're a lock. If not, they have to you know, hope that all these other things fall into place. And they found out about five, probably 10 minutes before the game that they have to win. Nothing fell into place for them. Nothing's a lock. It's the end of the game, last play, uh, and uh, Cardinals have the ball. Next download. Get back, Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! (laughs) No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. (laughs) <laughs> see, no, I'm a sports fan. That's like when you see someone like your your, your uh, mom get shot. No, no. That's what, that's what Trey's saying is Ricky's getting <laughs> shot by that red car and boys in the hood. All right, I gotta hear that one again. All right, next download. Get back, here guys. it is. The season's on the line. Right, he's like tell, like he's a coach, like he's out there. Come on, guys, get These back! Guys They're are going professional deep. Broadcasters, yeah, they this are. Sounds like a couple assholes playing Xbox Live. They're the official ones for the Vikings. Next download. Get back! Here guys. it is. The season's <laughs> on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Oh, sweet Jesus. I love that one. Oh, wait, what's the next one? Uh, high school Texas champs. All right. This is uh, uh, the, the uh, state championship game 
in Texas. Uh, I think it, one of the teams is Hudson. I'm not sure. Right. But uh, you get the gist. Next download. Going to thank a miracle here for Dustin Quinney and the Rockets. Well, Bobby, it's been a great season for both of these teams. And it's just unfortunate that, again, in a game that's been played as good as it has by both of these teams, that the officials have taken such an active role in determining the outcome of this one. 20 under center, drops back, looks, fires it deep for Andre Williams, he has him and it's caught! That's the whole thing, though. He is a uh, a grown man watching a high school team, kids, play a game. All right, but here's the thing. I grew up in Texas, and I know what high school football means in Texas. We had, what, a fucking movie come out? Yeah, Friday Night Lights. a television show about it. It is huge, but still, it's, well, again, one of those things of how can you take this so seriously? Georgia, we crush their face. What's this? <laughs> All right, Georgia, The uh, I believe it's the Bulldogs, uh, them. I, I believe it was just a very, very short yardage touchdown. Um, goal line, then they ran it right up the middle. Next download. Green makes him line up on the right. The slot, we have three receivers. Tennessee playing what amounts to a 4 4 straight. And there's a touchdown! Touchdown, my God, a touchdown! We threw it to We threw it to Hanks! We just stepped over five seconds left! My God Almighty, did you see what he did? David Green just straightened up, and we snuck the fullback over. Haynes is keeping the ball. Haynes has come running all the way across to the bench. We just dumped it over. It's 26 to 24. We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. <laughs> what? I don't know what that analogy was. A hot nail boot and crushed their face. We broke their nose. All right. How about two more, Doug? All right. What do we have to choose from? All right. Here's, I'll run down what we have. Okay. And then you can tell me which two you really want to I want to do Kilgore High School. All right. We'll do Kilgore High and School. This is another... Texas high school one, of course. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Division 4A state championship. Next to download. And they're going to try 40, about a 42 yard field goal. Right, it should be if they back up. Hold on a second. Just, <laughs> let me just say this that, you know, being from Texas, we don't all talk like this. You know, just, it's not, you could hear that here. We, mm-hmm. we just don't judge all of us by, uh, by the Kilgore crew? Yeah, these shit kickers. <laughs> Next download. And they're going to try 40, about a 42-yard field goal. Right, it should be if they back up seven. He's going to spot it at the 32. It will be a 42-yard attempt. This is well within his range. Here's, let's see what they do here. Kilgore moving. They don't want to jump offside and give him any closer. There's the snap. There's, oh, he's going to block it. They pick it up. They got to run it. They got to run it all the they're way. They're going to win state. Marky <laughs> Thomas is going to take it all the way back. They're going to win state. Championship Kilgore. They won the state. They blocked the 29-27. They blocked it. Oh my! And they ran it back. They get. 
They get six points out of it, and they run it back. Oh, wow. Kilgore wins the state championship division 4A, division 2, 4A. 2004, the city of state champion, Kilgore, Texas. Let's let you hear the crowd. <laughs> he done blocked it is my favorite part of that. All right, earlier we were talking. Mm-hmm. These are the assholes I grew up with, and you wondered how I could ask my black girlfriend at the time, <laughs> oh, your hair feels like it's pubic hair. What's going on here? These are the <laughs> fucking assholes I grew up with. How old do they sound? I don't know if they actually are older or if uh, just all rednecks sound like that, but they sound like they're like 85. No, I guarantee you they're games. like 27. Really? No bullshit. There are people in Texas. <laughs> he done blocked it. That's the way. Man, there was Trey. I'll just call him Trey. Mm-hmm. He was my age. He was one year older than me on my baseball team. He was actually, when I had a black girlfriend, he asked, he asked they purple inside? <laughs> oh, I'm, not even, I'm not even bullshitting you. This motherfucker asked that. Seriously? But like yeah, but he's sounding like this guy. And they're going to try 40, <laughs> about a 42. He done blocked it. Yeah. I didn't hear he done blocked it. All right, hold on a second. Gilgore moving. They don't want to jump outside to give him any closer. There's a snap. He's going to block it. <laughs> That's the Jesus. That's right. You get one more dunk this, and we got to move on. Uh, Colorado minor league hockey: Northwestern versus TCU. Chargers: Baylor over Texas A and M. Minor league hockey, and we used to do this thing of think it, think of it in a gay way. Mm -hmm. You can kind of do that along with the okay, this guy's way overestimating a minor league hockey game. But also, think about if he was watching two dudes. Okay. (laughs) All right, so uh, let's go with uh, the minor league hockey. Next to download. Wow, there's a guy down in the corner. Miller's just beating the tar out of him. And now Hatch wants Bishop. Go! Go, you two, go! I want to see it! Come on, Benny! Hatch wants Bishop. Here we go! Yeah, that was a raping. <laughs> that's what it said. That's what it said. That was a raping. Go, you two, go! I want to see it! That's <laughs> so incredibly uh, gay. Story number four, four, four. Sex ed for kindergartners, the right thing to do, says Obama. Mm-hmm. Huh, Dubs, it turns out those lessons you give in the back of your van are okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, he was speaking at a Planned Parenthood this week that sex education for kindergartners, as long as it's age appropriate, it is the right thing to do. All right, uh, that kind of confuses me. What's age appropriate for a young kid, like a five or six year old, learning about sex? Um. He actually says it. Hold on, let me see if I can find. Nobody's suggesting that kindergartners are going to go out and get the information about sex the way we think of it. But if they ask a teacher where the babies come from, providing the information about the fact that it's not a stork. Oh, I thought it was sugar plums and wishes. Yeah. So, and apparently the thing with Obama too, he's had some family members that were touched. So I didn't know about that. Yeah, that, I just actually read that a little bit ago. So his thing is he wants kindergartners to know the whole thing of them touching people touching you appropriately and inappropriately mm-hmm. along with it all being age appropriate 
You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And at the end of this break, uh, I want to play. <laughs> we have a PSA that they used to run in the 80s of He-Man telling the uh, <laughs> the importance of telling your parents or a minister or someone about uh, about molestation. So we'll play that at the end of the break as well. All right, yeah, definitely. So he says this. What do you think about sex education for, for kids? <sighs> Again, like Obama said, age appropriate is fine. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I hate lying to kids like we do, saying a stork or whatever, telling them that uh, a bunny's going to leave them presents and all this crap. I think it does affect kids later on. I think it makes them dumber to lie to them for so long because I think it slows down their growth of knowing what's real and what's not. Here's Republican Mitt Romney talking about what Obama says. I guess he was giving a speech to the base, you know, some Republicans. Next download. I heard a, a quote today from Senator Barack Obama which, which puzzled me. He said that we should have sex education in kindergarten. I'm not, yeah, I'm not kidding you. Um, Way to demonize it, Mitt. And I, and I scratch my head as I hear that. Sex education in kindergarten. Which one? As governor, I was governor four years, I never had a parent come to me, not once, come to me and say, you know what, governor, I'm concerned about something. What's that? I'm concerned we don't have enough sex, sex education. I don't think our kids are learning enough about sex. I never heard that. And, and so I was shocked to hear that he thinks we need to have sex education in kindergarten. I don't think that's a... A problem. I don't think that's a need. He went on to say, of course, it should be age appropriate. How how much sex education is age appropriate for a five-year-old? In my view, zero is the right amount. Wow, everybody loved that. Yeah, you got a uh, pop. Yeah, yeah, you got a nice little giggle there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> age appropriate. Fool. Exactly. You know, say kind of like W a little bit too. Yeah, yeah he, that guy kind of worries me. Kind of the fake, um, retarded, you mm-hmm. know, gimmick. So you think it's all right though? I think it's fine. I, yeah, I, again, I don't think we should be telling them, you know, because uh, you'll end up really confusing them at some point if you tell them too much. They can only process so much information. But if they do ask about something, why do we have to lie to them? Why do we feel the need to lie to every kid about... And maybe it should be case by case, too. Maybe some kids just can't handle that. Right. But I think a lot of kids can if you give it to them in the right dose. And you just say, okay, right. You just say your penis later on is used to spread a seed... That will help give, you know, fertilization to what will eventually be a succubus on your life. And <laughs> it'll be what you are. Yeah. Just a leech. Mm-hmm. A leech that finally gets to be rid of for about five or six hours a day. Uh, Obama goes on to say, we know the statistics well that nearly half of 15 to 19 year olds are engaging in sexual activity for us to leave. Uh, them in ignorance is potentially co-signing them to illness, pregnancy, poverty, and in some cases, death. It's true, man. You don't have any sort of sexual education. You don't know what's what. You're kind of, you know, flying blind into your first time. Because in sex ed, I don't remember sex ed at school. It wasn't anything for real. Nowadays, they're just getting taught abstinence. How did you learn about sex ed? I don't really know how I learned. I learned gradually. I'm the same with you. There was nothing specific. Uh, but I, I knew enough by probably second grade. I knew the basics. Really? I knew, you know, I I had to take my penis, put it in a vagina, uh, finish, which uh, 
at that point, I thought was P. Right. But, I mean, I was on the right track. Yeah, you were Yeah, uh, so I, basically I had to fill her up like a water balloon, and then she get, she uh, pops a baby out. Right. So I knew that much in second grade, and then I kind of learned the exacts later on. But uh, I, I I wasn't, you know, completely knowledgeable, because, like, my first time running a batch and completing, I think you probably remember the first time you complete. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was on. <laughs> Seriously. That, that's something that uh, I think doesn't get out of anybody's head. But I remember I, I was masturbating, and I did that a lot at that time, I but I never the, finished. I was on the sink looking at myself in the mirror. Were you really? Yeah. That's the gayest little thing I've ever heard. No, it didn't. Was, there was nothing gay about it. Just <laughs> something was going on in my body. Well, I was uh, laying stomach down on my bed. Yeah, that's straight. I was laying stomach down on my bed with my hand underneath my crotch, like, you know, grabbing my junk and just rocking myself. And uh, I uh, finally felt something happen. Yeah. It felt good, you know. But it was scary as hell. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, and I and I I soaked my bed. You know, like my bed was soaked, and I panicked. I'm like, oh my god! Right. My balls haven't even dropped yet, and I just did this. They're supposed I, to drop. Yeah, there's. <laughs> yeah, you need to pull those uh, puppies down for you. Um, but I, you know, I was still underdeveloped, and I thought I just wasted everything. I just wasted every piece of sperm I, I will ever have in my body. It is scarring because, again, you don't know, and you really should. Again, what? how old were you? What age were you? I was probably nine. Nine? Yeah, at that point. I think I was... It was the summer before the sixth grade for me. So whatever that is, like 11? 11, yeah. Somewhere around the age of 11. I would have helped to know, hey, this is going to happen. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to do this. I immediately this. hopped in the shower... Uh, you know, I was like, oh, Jesus, what the... Yeah. All right, here's another thing about me. Uh, you admitted a lot earlier. Uh, I didn't know it was appropriate to clean your stomach off Stop. when I first started doing it. I mean, for the first few months. So I would go into school sometimes Shut with a shirt just sticking to me. Like, like I would... Walk around with seed on your shirt. It's me. I don't care if it's, it's mine. You. Whatever. Bullshit. What's next? All right, Dubs. Through story number four. Next, with El Jefe and J Dubs, countdown of the top ten stories of the week according to us. MySpace.com/slash/NextRadio. Again, sincere thanks to everyone mm-hmm. who has uh, allowed us to be on this platform. Greatest platform, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, without a doubt. For entertainment. Because I love radio and satellite radio and this kind of uncensored stuff. It's fantastic. It's therapeutic. But uh, Dub's still upcoming. The top three stories and a complete recap if you're just tuning in of what you may have missed. And right now, the He-Man Molestation uh, commercial. It's all next with Happy and Dub's. Shira and I want to talk to you about something that's very personal, your body. Remember, it's your body and no one should touch you in a way that you feel is wrong. Get anybody who tries it. It's not that easy, Orko. It's hard for a young person to admit that he or she has been touched in a bad way. If you've been touched that way, don't be ashamed. Tell someone you trust, like your parents, your doctor, your teacher, or counselor, or your minister or rabbi. Right, Orko? Right on. XM202. It's Ron and Fez here, and oh my God, is this show interesting and entertaining, and damn it, it's all so 
funny. What's the name of this show, and how do I listen to more of it? It's called Next with El Jefe and J-Dubs, and you can listen to more by going to myspace.com slash nextradio. Next. If you missed it. Here's what was next. Rolling up on story number three, J-Dubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, recap in the last hour, though. Story number six. Bobby Brown versus Osama bin Laden. Yeah, he's uh, a little worried that uh, Osama's after him because Osama allegedly really is into Whitney Houston. Uh, number five was dudes still all about using the one-liners. Yeah, even though they normally don't work. And then we got into that askman.com, what turns chicks off, and I admitted way too much during that. Uh, also, there we had uh, the next hack list. The top sports cliches of all time. Mm -hmm. And number four was sex education for kindergartners. Obama thinks we should have it. Mitt Romney says no. (laughs) He laughed at it. Yeah. He chuckled. Yeah. Literally throwing down some jokes on that. Mm -hmm. Dubs next on this countdown of the top ten stories of the week, according to us. They'll have fan J-Dubs, myspace.com slash next radio. Next, number three. Story number three. Max. Fort Bragg soldier charged with spreading HIV. So what's the skinny on this story? So that's what it's going to be. You're just going to go ahead and establish that now. Let's have puns. Mm-hmm. This is actually a big one. All right, Dubs, we've got the next download. Next download. Thanks for joining us. HIV considered a weapon. A Fort Bragg soldier is accused of infecting a teenager with the disease. Well, now that soldier is charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Private First Class Johnny Dalton went before a Cumberland County judge today. Tonight- I'm having a problem with the story. It really just doesn't hold a lot of weight with me. <laughs> right. The mother of the infected teen is talking to our Christy Lowe. When someone basically shortened you your life, whether it's yours or your child, you feel cheated. Afraid of the stigma her family might suffer, the mother of the teenager now infected with HIV keeps her identity hidden. This heartbroken mom says her son was still in high school when he met private... Son. Okay. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I saw that one coming. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a soldier mm-hmm. with the HIV... And uh, spraying it to a high schooler, allegedly. Yeah, that he met, I guess, in a chat room, I suppose. Okay. Next to download. This heartbroken mom says her son was still in high school when he met Private First Class Johnny Lamar Dalton in a gay chat room. The 82nd Airborne soldier is now accused of knowingly spreading the disease. Obviously didn't mean anything for him to do it because he knew he had it. He willingly gave it to someone else. The team... Right, but here's the thing. I mean, what's the He's cl- just sick. That guy's just sick. It takes two to tango. You know what I mean? Like, you can't meet someone. I don't care if you're 17. This goes back to the whole sexual education thing. You can't bear back it if you're going to be having gay sex. You should know es- that. Especially with someone you uh, met online. You know, you don't really know the person. Maybe if uh, it's your life partner and you both have been tested right, and are right. very, very safe, fine. Bear back it all you like. Feel the real skin. You know, but, oh, just oh, feeling the real skin for one second. Me and my all right. me and my friend were talking about how can girls like it to be finished inside of? 
You know, like how can you? Uh, how can a girl just say, "Oh, I want to feel it go in me"? Yeah, it I've just never feel, heard that. It just seems disgusting. Yeah. You know, like don't you know, don't wear a condom. I just want I I, I want to be filled. It, it, <laughs> no girl says that. Yes, they do. I've had girls ask me not to wear a dome, and it's not happening. Really? Yeah. When they ask you, I've never had a girl say, "Don't like, wear I, a dome." I don't like those. Really? Yeah, and you, you, you're gonna not like the results of your next test if you if I don't wear this thing. <laughs> I'm doing this for both of us. <laughs> next download. The team found out he was HIV positive in February through routine blood tests. His mother was there when doctors told him the news. To him, it was like a death sentence. Now, the soldier, 25-year-old Johnny Dalton, who is married with children, is charged with crimes against nature, assault. Uh, hold on. I love the married with children thing. Again, one of these... Oh, by the way, guess the race on this. Do you know? Black. Yeah, it's black guy. Yeah. Um, so he's on the down low. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess that's really big in the black community. you got to be on the down low, and in, in the army, too. Yeah. I, I've, it's always boggled my mind that black folks... Are so homophobic. Oh, they're unaccepting of a lot of things where you'd think, all right, you've been through a lot of this hatred. Right. Uh, you probably would be more accepting to other types of people. The, yeah, the hatred is the same mm -hmm. as far as you know, people hating you for... I don't, to me, it's something you can't help. To me, you can't help if you're gay. And you, you can't help to wear a condom, though. You certainly can't help if you're black. Now, she said something, crimes against nature. Mm. What's this? What's the crimes against... Is it because well, it, it's gay sex? Or? No, no. I think it's uh, using a disease uh, knowingly to infect someone. How's that against nature? That's almost part of nature. But you know, you're using nature to kill someone for the most part. Crimes against nature. Let me see. Is charged with crimes against nature. A that sounds like an anti-gay thing. Crimes against nature. Well, it is I, the South. I mean, I don't know. I don't think uh, I don't think it's a sodomy charge or something like that because there are places that have sodomy charges. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's considered a crime against nature. I think it's just using a disease to kill someone. Next download is charged with crimes against nature, assault, and assault with a deadly weapon. Just once, I'd like for a reporter <laughs> to say my cock was charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah, your 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 penis is now being uh, considered a deadly weapon. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> that's right, honey. <laughs> Next to download. Two families are now suffering uh, because of an unfortunate set of circumstances, and all of us wish we could have prevented it. A spokesperson for the 82nd Airborne says Private First Class Dalton's commander told him not to have sex without first telling partners of his illness. It was a written order Private First Class Dalton himself had to sign. But according to the 82nd Airborne, the encounters continued. But now that one person has been infected, investigators wonder if there could be other victims out there. But for this... Hold on. You're allowed to have AIDS in the military? I thought he told no one. That's why... This is going on, but his uh, one of his you know ranking officers told him you make sure you tell someone that you uh, have this before you have sex or if you are going to uh, be sexually active. That's an odd thing for the military to say. Hey, you have to do this. What you have to tell people? Yeah, kind of like your dad, or you know what I mean. It just seems like odd right. that they would sit yeah. you down to make well, you do that. I think a doctor would even do the same thing with you. Right. And, and you know, I think it's just uh, they're kind of in charge of these people. It reflects badly on the military when this type of stuff happens, and it, it just really shocks me that you can have AIDS and be in the military. I mean, 
you do spill blood in the military. I mean, that's part of what could happen to you. You're you don't right. want to uh, you don't want to uh, put anybody else in danger. Because I believe gay should be able to serve in the military, but. If you do have a disease, yeah, yeah, it, it could end up being incredibly harmful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no shit. Next download. But for this mom's young son, it's too late. If you willingly and knowingly know something and you purposely do it, yes, you should suffer the consequences. I mean, I, I understand where her anger is coming from. Finding out your son has AIDS is a hard thing to swallow. There you go, say something poignant. There you go again. <laughs> I'm of the belief you it takes two, like I said, and part of the onus is on this kid for getting it. Yes, it sucks. He was 17, you know, but at 17, again, even though we said, like, at the age of 12, you don't know stuff, by the age of 17, you know about sex. Yeah, you know there's you know diseases about, out there. Yeah, you know about disease. Sure, it might be easier for someone to talk you out of wearing a condom. Mm -hmm. That's definitely true. Or them wearing a condom. But you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it didn't seem like this was a case where he talked him out of it. It just seemed like it was a case where one wasn't used. Can you sue if someone gives you, like, crabs or something? No, I don't think so. Uh, maybe knowingly gives you something like that. I think it, if it's a permanent disease, right. crabs isn't. Crabs well, you got the herp, though. Herp, maybe. Maybe if they uh, if they don't tell you. I think you'd be opening a floodgate there. Do you think that's right? For some reason, I feel like that's not right. Why? You, if you are, you know, uh, knowingly hurting someone without them knowing it, you know, they they're they're uh, you know participating in something that they think is safe, or but you've you've led them to believe is safe. You've uh, it's just like being swindled I, in any other way. Let me ask you: Who's the burden of disclosure on the person who has it? Or is it equal on both? I think it's. Uh, I, I think, think it's if the person that has has a little bit more to do with it. I think if you're asked, you have to be truthful. But if that motherfucker doesn't ask, then you don't have to tell. Don't you know what I mean? So you could you don't have to walk around and be like, hey, by the way, I know we're about to do this. Just want to let you know that scab. That isn't from a shaving accident, you know? That, oh, I've used that excuse. That's from 98, but you don't need to know that part. So You know what I mean? But at the same time, too, where, you you know, if you're about to engage in sexual activity with someone, and you see something and you ask, but hey, whoa, 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 what's that? But you got to feel... Or, or do you know, you know? Yeah, do you, you have to feel bad for the 17-year-old kid, though. I mean... I mean, personally, I don't give a fuck about him. I don't really? know. Really? I don't I mean, know him. Yeah, I, I, you got... I mean, put yourself this, in that situation. I mean, you... Right, you put yourself in the situation. No, you're there still blow, don't care. You're there blowing a guy, and then you end up with AIDS. That has to be something that you would be very, very uh, uh, distraught about. But, I mean, how many times has he been tested? Like, uh, there are false tests out there. I guess that is true. I mean, I don't know if they're absolutely. I, I, I just want to know if they're positive. God damn you, dude! You really you went through all that to set that shit up. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's finish this out. Next download. Christy Lowe, WRAL News, Fayetteville. Right now, the 17-year-old is not on medication and is otherwise healthy. Johnny Dalton is in jail on $50,000 bond. It's not clear whether the Army or Sheriff's deputies will handle his case. In addition to criminal charges, the soldier could be kicked out of the military. Could be. Yeah, I would think at this point, you pretty yeah, much got to right. say, dude, you got to go. You're discharged. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Fuck you. I can't even have a conversation with you anymore. Next two. Story number two.
The cops say gang mom drove teens to murder. Literally drove. A California mom's accused of driving a 14-year-old son and other gang members to kill a rival. Well, at least you supported their career goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like uh, my mom. You can drink if you can drink at home with me. Like, uh, not with me. Like, she wanted to drink with me. She wanted me to drink at home so I was safe. You know, you can, we can do this drive-by. We can go kill this motherfucker. But you gotta do it with me. It makes me uncomfortable when you throw that little accent on. Motherfucker? Yeah, it is. Just, I don't know. It gives me douche chills. <laughs> uh, now, mothers lying for their gang sons, you know, or daughters. That's nothing new. Mm-hmm. But they say this lady took it to a whole another level when she drove her 14-year-old son, six other members of the Latin Marijuana Smokers Gang to a skate park to kill a 13-year-old boy they had a grudge against. Come on, 13? You know, this is, uh, first of all, what the hell happened to Latin, uh, to gang names? The Latin marijuana smokers? That's, <laughs> like, that, that doesn't sound like a gang, that sounds like a fucking college club, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it just sounds like, uh, like a few kids got together, hey man, we're the Latin pot smokers. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we like getting fucking high, and, gonna, uh, you know, shoot motherfuckers. Stop with the accent. What? <laughs> let's, let's meet at the student union, grab some Chick-fil-A, and, uh... And smoke some motherfucking weed. Stop it. Already. What? Enough. Um, like... Gang names, whenever I'm thinking of gang names when I was growing up, I think we had like the Latin Kings Mm -hmm. or Latin Knights. I don't know, I think the Crips and the Blood, you know, people will get into that whole thing. I I grew in white area, which we still had gangs. And where are you from for people that don't know? Uh, Mid Michigan. uh, The town's called Fowlerville. We were surrounded by another couple towns. One was Howell, and they had uh, Cash Flow. Which was the brokest bunch of kids acting like they, uh, you know, were big ballers and everything. Uh, are they white kids? Yeah, they were white kids. All white <laughs> kids, calling themselves cash flow. Uh, we also had the dead boys and uh, what they would do. They're, I never saw them do anything other than spray paint on dead end signs. Boys. Are you serious? Yeah. That's all. You never had a problem with them other than a little graffiti tagging their name, but they're tagging White it for no reason. Yeah, you guys really are very lame. Well, we had more important things to do, like hang out at Walmart and Meyer. Right, exactly. That's what you're doing the whole time. So uh, apparently, as this goes on, people are just you know shocked by the fact that her mother drove them to a skate park, and you know they ended up doing this. She's in. So they, the kid's dead. Of yeah, the course. kid did die. Okay. Uh, the mom is in jail on $1 million bail. Wow. Even though she pled not guilty. The other teens, they're trying to decide whether or not they be, should be tried as uh, as adults. What do you well, think? What, what are they supposed to do? Ride their bikes to kill someone? They're 13. They needed a ride. Right. Dad um, wasn't home. Ever. Were, yeah. <laughs> probably. They refuse to say whether or not the mother uh, was actually participating in the attack itself or what exactly happened as far as the mother's role other than driving. Although I did hear she asked for a gat for Mother's Day. Oh, of course she did. So she was, and that in a 40, uh, <laughs> to have some fun with. Oh, maybe they, they told her, forget about that. You were with the Latin pot smokers. Uh, we'll get you high, Mom. What did your parents do as far as they ever let you do um, some questionable stuff when you were growing up? Well, I mean, I was allowed to do anything, basically. I mean, up until I was 10 years old, it was pretty tight. You know, like, I wasn't able to stay up past past 8.30. I was, you know, very watched after. But after 10, 
I was basically let to do... What was it about 10? Uh, my parents got divorced. Oh, okay. So I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. So, uh, you know, I would, uh, I, wouldn't, I would leave and not come back for days at like 12 or 13. <laughs> and I would, ne- I, you know, I, would, uh, I would be allowed. You know, I would never right. get yelled at or in trouble. Uh, I would uh, just have people over without asking. You know, and that's the big thing when you're like 11 or 12. So did everyone come night. over to Dubs' house because... Anything no. went at Dubs' house? No, because I wasn't a fun kid to hang out with at that time. Really? I was I was kind of nerdy at that time. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, when did you lose your virginity? Uh, 19, was it? Yeah, well, I yeah. think it was. Yeah, 19. Or was it 20? No, the 19th birthday was the one where you guys were, you know, yucking it up with me. <laughs> yeah, celebrating yeah. 19 years of abstinence with mm. Dubs. So it's not even like you were going out between the ages of 10 and 13 getting some ass. No, no. What I were you was... doing? Spray paint fucking dead end signs? <laughs> no, I, I wasn't one of the dead boys. I was, uh, I, I would I would create mischief. I would create little, like, uh, fireworks of my own or little, you know, bombs or whatever. <laughs> I was an odd kid. Something about Michigan. I was an odd kid, yeah. You're growing up to be a little fucking Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> uh, my thing, my mom would, she like, we'd oh, have... hold on. One thing I used to do is go over to my grandma's house while she wasn't home, and for no reason, cover the wall, and uh, she had one of those uh, fake wood walls. She was high class. Uh, I would cover it with uh, hairspray and light it on fire. And it, it wouldn't burn that long, so I knew the place wouldn't light up, which it probably very well could have. Right. But I didn't think it would. And it, I, I always loved it because it would leave a nice little shine afterwards. The questionable behavior on my mom's half was she would leave me at home alone while she went out to the bar looking for new daddy. And I got to hang out with the Golden Girls and Empty Nest. I just had to That's make not sure bad company. I cleaned up after much. Dreyfus. You know? <laughs> now, my, uh, my mom uh, never really went out a whole lot, but she brought a couple guys home, and she'd always decide to lie to us and say it was the furnace man you know, or something like that. I remember one night, uh, one morning I woke up, and the furnace man was there at like 6 a.m. I'm like, who the hell is this? Oh, he's fixing the furnace. The furnace isn't broken. It's toasty warm in here. Yes, because he fixed it. I'm sure that's what your fucking mom's cooch is. Yeah, it's just so, that's what she calls her box. It's just, <laughs> it's just a heat box. Smoldering. Just fucking lava I'm sure pouring looks, out. I'm sure it looks post-op, you know? It's just like, like, a, like a penis had been cut in half. They say similar cases of this gang mom have uh, been popping up in recent months outside of L.A. A 37-year-old mom... Drove her son's friends to a rival gang member's home for a drive-by. The mom was charged with assault. Then in October, police arrested a 42-year-old woman suspected of driving her two sons and three others in an SUV in Los Angeles uh, to a neighborhood to scrawl with graffiti. So this is something fucking moms are getting out there. Mm -hmm. And they're really becoming part of their kids' lives. Well, I mean, the father's not around probably. When when this kind of stuff happens, a lot of times the father isn't around. So she's just trying to spend quality time with the kids. Kids don't like to play board games anymore. Kids don't like to, uh, you know, uh, go to the park or do wholesome things. They like to shoot motherfuckers. Stop with that shit. I do remember... <laughs> now, I was thinking, like, about your place, where your... I would think maybe your house was the cool house to go hang out with. In high school, it turned into that, but not when I was that young. In high school, we had these guys uh, that we would hang out with all the time, these brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their parents were retarded. Like, they were they were slow. They really were. 
But these two kids were geniuses. It was one of those real weird situations. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, just because the parents are retarded, they can have normal kids. It's odd. The mom was this big, fat lady, and she would go to all the football games with a bell. It's like constantly ringing the cowbell. Go, the people, go try! Go try! I would just keep on dropping pennies at her like she's uh, it's Christmas time. But we go over to that house, man, and... They didn't have any furniture. There was no need for it. We were retarded. <laughs> Our knees are chairs. So in the in the living room, we'd set up like these little forts and put batteries and socks and just like throw them at each other from like across the living room, putting dents in the walls. It was a it was complete chaos. But it was they, the greatest they, thing ever. The parents never got mad at the holes in the walls? They'd drive us out to get, like, toilet paper and stuff because they knew we'd be going around pissing in gas tanks with fucking toilet paper, toilet paper at people's and, houses. And they never had a problem with that? What did they know? <laughs> they knew enough to uh, have two kids and, I guess, raise them somewhat normally. Dude, I, I'm pretty sure the mom was retarded. I think the dad was, like, a beautiful mind because he was, like, he was an engineer. But he wasn't there. Autistic, maybe? Prop. Well, yes. I guess. I didn't know what autistic was then, but yeah. They, they can sure, draw well. I'm sure that was him, that he was autistic, and that's what he ended up doing. Man, it was always fun going to their house. Like, you knew some crazy shit was going to go down. Now, mothers and gang mom and these moms allowing you to do stuff, mm. it just reinforces my theory that the vast majority of moms are whores. And once again, this is something I've been saying for a long time. Because most moms, when you think about it, on the most primitive level, moms are the ladies who tell your dad, like we were talking earlier, I want to feel you. <laughs> I want you it's to fill me up with your thought. seat. You know what I mean? And every time I'm online looking at chicks, I always see those girls with their fuck trophies uh, sitting next to them in their uh, MySpace profile. And I don't mean to go off uh, back into the MySpace in my yearbook. But nothing annoys me more than a fuck trophy. A baby in the... Like, you see a hot chick. You're like, wow, okay. You go into her pictures, and there's the baby. There's the trophy she's holding up. Like, hey, this is what happened when someone came inside me, and it can happen again because I'm not smart enough. Next. 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 Not next-worthy. Here are some stories that didn't make the cut, but are worth a mention. All right, Dubs. FBI says Iraqis are being smuggled across the Rio Grande. Well, at least it's not Mexicans. They're coming over to take our jobs, right? Uh, yeah, there's not really an uproar about the Iraqis being smuggled no, over, is there? fine. What are they going to do to us? <laughs> but those Mexicans, we got to stop those motherfuckers. Uh, apparently for the smugglers, it's way more lucrative to bring over Iraqis because they're paying twenty to $25,000 a person to be smuggled over. Really? It's been going on for a year. Mexicans, on the other hand, you know, we'll be lucky we scrounge together five grand. Yeah, that's why you're coming over here is to, so you can scrounge together some money. Uh, AP Poll says the GOB picks none of the above. So Republicans are so not impressed with anyone that they have. I believe the poll that I saw said... Like Giuliani was a front runner with twenty one percent. Fred Thompson and Romney were somewhere in that twenty to eighteen. You know, McCain seventeen percent. Twenty three percent of Republicans though said none of the above. 
I'm waiting for someone else to hop in and say this. Like who? You know who Republicans should vote for? Who? Best person for their platform? Hillary. She is completely <laughs> on that side of the aisle. Yeah, she's uh, she's become quite a uh, a little Republican over there. Brazilian airplane crash. You probably saw this, right? Mm-hmm. Where it skidded off the runway. There was a whole thing. Oh, I thought you meant uh, the soccer team. No. What? Damn it. So. <laughs> that was a live. I was watching that. I'm oh. sorry. Um, so that there's there's a lot of video on that, and it looked like it was a pretty freaky thing that ended up going down. And you know, you and I are fans of the movie or the show Lost. Mm-hmm. So anytime you hear a plane crash or whatever, you know, it's kind of interesting to you, nonetheless, for some reason. The war in Iraq, uh, we don't really talk about it here because it's depressing, and no one likes to talk about that. Yeah, yeah every, every time you talk about it, people flip the channel and they get pissed. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? David Beckham coming to the United States. Um, Worth a mention just because it's been news everywhere. The other thing was that Posh Spice uh, said no to Paris Hilton, that she did not want to become friends with Paris. <laughs> Paris is just calling people up, hey, want to be my friend? Want to be buddies? No, I'm so not interested in hanging out in you. That's like when uh, the new girl comes to school, and it's like, and then the, everybody gathers around, tries to be the new girl's friend, or you know, tries not to be. Uh, it, it, she really hasn't grown up from that elementary school mentality. And then worth a mention, we actually talked about this in our next cast, next cast three, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Remember the story about the in West Palm Beach? Where it was the gang of ten guys who that was were nextcast two if you want to go download okay, it. Okay, nextcast two, MySpace Radio, uh MySpace.com slash next radio. So it was a group of ten guys in West Palm Beach. They break into a home, they gang rape the mom, mm. and they force the son to, you know, have sex with his mom. Well we just at that time thought have sex with the mom. Mm-hmm. I found out what it was. Well these kids got indicted, but more details came out. They forced the mom to perform oral on the son. Wow. Yeah, because you and I even wondered, like... like how, tech- how can you get aroused for that? Yeah, and you were like, well, if someone has a gun pointed at your you head... You kind of have to at that point. You got to do it. But, and just no joke, but just thinking about that, <laughs> about... I want you to look at your crotch right now and imagine your mom's head right exactly. there. Exactly. Do, do it. Look down. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just wanted to share that detail with you because we had... Question that next time. Slide your stomach too. over so you can see your nose. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's wrong. All right, you know what? Whatever. Fuck you. Once again, fuck you. Next, next, next. Sports. All right, J Dubs. Rolling with the sports. And that's our last feature of the night before we uh, get to number one. Mm-hmm. Psychologist wins the World Series of Poker. Only real reason I want to bring this up is because I've become a huge fan of poker. Uh, kind of started with an event that we did out in Real Radio uh, about a year ago now, and I'm all uh, partypoker.net. I think is what I play. Yeah, you do. I'm um, Radio El Jefe on there. If you ever uh, see me at a table, say what up. But it's pretty cool. This guy, he um, he won in a satellite tournament, paid like two hundred twenty-five dollars uh, because mm. the buy-in is ten grand. If you want to play in the World Series of Poker in Vegas, it's a ten grand buy-in. All right, so he won in one of these satellite tournaments. He grew up poor, and he said before the final table began that if he won, he'd donate ten percent of his winnings to charity. And so he's ended up doing that, and that's actually pretty fucking. Has cool. he uh, chose the charity yet? 
Make a Wish, Feed the Children, Ronald McDonald House, and his alma mater. He's uh, splitting it up then? Mm Mm-hmm. Bastard. It's 10% of $8.25 million for playing poker. And this guy's living my dream because, first of all, he got in in a satellite tournament, so he won his Mm buy-in. And secondly, he's only been playing poker for like two years. Yeah, he's uh, very, very new to it. so. So it gives you hope. There's a lot of those rookies on the tour that end up winning the whole thing because, you know, people don't know their tells. They don't exactly. know. Yeah, you're able to come out of nowhere and win this thing, and then basically everybody watches you that year, so you fall into obscurity after that, but who gives a fuck? You just won $8 million. Yeah, some of the badasses, if you're going up against a table where it's a lot of people that you know are well-known and have been in the poker game for a long time, you've been watching them on TV for so long, you know exactly what they're thinking or what their bread and butter moves are, mm-hmm. and it, uh, you know... You can People get over study on that, them. yeah. You can definitely get over on them. So anyway, I just thought that was pretty cool because the World Series of Poker, and I'm way into it. Now, also in sports, though, kind of for real, Michael Vick indicted on the grand jury charge for the dogfighting probe. That happened this week. It was the charges of sponsoring a dogfighting operation so grisly that the losers either died in the pit, sometimes were electrocuted, drowned, hung, or shot. Why can't you just pick one way to kill a dog? Why do you have to keep? Why do you have to uh, reinvent the ways to kill a dog? I can't imagine what it looks like to see a dog up there hanging. I can. I think about it with your dog Cody, and I'm wondering if it's too late to get Cody in this. She's not going into one of these bad news kennels. I'll tell you what. She'd kick all their asses. Dogs such a puss. I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> Fucking. She lets my cats rule the house. Uh, the NFL has decided, though, not going to suspend him. We're going to let stuff play out. So I'm sure Wait, Pac-Man, Pac-Man Jones, Jones, he never got even uh, indicted on any of these charges that he got, but he was in uh, a few different times for... I think uh, he may have been indicted things. on something, really? hasn't he? But I, he hasn't been convicted of anything No, yet. no. I, th- I, I think everything's been actually dropped on him. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so it, it really has to piss Pac-Man Jones off to see that this stuff is being allowed to run its course when he was completely thrown to the side because uh, he's not as important to the franchise as uh, Michael Vick is. I always thought it was kind of odd and ironic that Michael Vick was busted on this shit because he looks like a dog. He, he's a human being. He looks like a Doberman Pinscher if you look at him. And especially, I'm not going down your racist line. No, Chad Kroger and Nickelback, too. Oh. Those two motherfuckers should be neutered. <laughs> um, but the operation was named Bad News Kennels, according to the indictment. They should have called it Operation Stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and news is with a Z, of course. And, Fucking hack. Uh, all this apparently went down in one of his uh, Georgia homes. The other thing that came out of this, too, is that Nike has decided to go ahead and suspend his new line of shoes that were going to be coming out. Oh, I thought it was leashes. His, hundred, his $100 shoes that were going to be breaking. you got to love the hypocrisy, though, of Nike, where... Uh, they were like, you know, we're saddened by this, and we by no way want to be associated with any sort of animal cruelty and things like that. But at the same time, they got fucking children, you know, on slave wages making their shit in Indonesia. Mm. But yet, they're going to take the moral high ground yeah, yeah, well, and step away from there's Vic. There's something about when you hurt a dog, even like if you're watching a movie. Is there? Yeah, when you're watching a movie hmm. and uh, you see a human get killed, you're like, yeah, whatever. But when it's a dog... 
Like, God damn, they went too far in this fucking movie. And I don't want to watch it anymore because a dog died. That's like in Independence Day. Remember that fucking scene where they're in the tunnel mm-hmm. and... The dog's running away from the blast yeah. and everybody's just cheering. Like, all these people are burning up and in like the tunnel. dog is running ahead of the flame and everybody's like, come on, dog. Come on, make it. And it finally does, you know, jump into the side. What's wrong with humanity that we could give two shits about other humans, but when it's a dog, we because, have that those heartstrings. Because usually a dog doesn't deserve it. A dog hasn't done as much things wrong as probably a human has. A dog has been Your there to serve us. Your fucking dog shit in my bedroom. <laughs> so, yes, it has. It has it, done everything right, everything I've told her to do. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't feel like... I don't see what's wrong with... If he wants to do this in his spare time, it's the off-season. Do what you gotta do to keep yourself entertained. Whatever. All right, the quarterback of your team, if he was having dog fights or driving around really fast on a motorcycle, what would you rather? Dog fights. Yeah, I think I'd go dog fights too. Even though I love dogs, it fucking annoys me when these people get on uh, on uh, uh, motorcycles. Just wait a while. Wait, you know, your ten-year career, and then get a motorcycle. I guarantee this country. Going back to the whole human aspect, we wouldn't be nearly as pissed off if he had just like. Groups of illegal aliens doing this this fighting stuff. Where it wasn't dogs, it was just illegal aliens that were coming over and fighting. Have you ever gone to any southern bar? <laughs> any southern bar that isn't a college bar? You'll see, you know, uh, Spanish fighting going on like crazy. Uh, and they're doing it for no money. Right. Um, they're doing it because they lost quarter bounce. And then finally, J-Dubs, wrapping up sports here, Chris Benoit. The big story this week was the fact that steroids were found in his body. Uh, he also had Xanax, the painkiller hydrocodone, according to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. However, no uh, alcohol. All right. The wife tested positive for Xanax, hydrocodone, and the painkiller uh, painkiller hydromorphone. Uh, mm-hmm. And the son had Xanax in the system, but they couldn't tell whether or not uh, he had steroids or HGH because of a lack of urine. Is this the worst commercial ever for Xanax? Yeah, Xanax is the one constant between all of them. Uh, so how could you even blame steroids? Maybe it was Xanax that did all this. Yeah, it could have been. It could have just drove him. Or the hydrocodone. And eh, don't blame hydrocodone. Let's not get into that track. I have very few joys left in my life. But I don't know with this whole cocktail... How you could say it was steroids? Yeah, I mean, when you're, especially when you're mixing stuff like that, it's always a recipe for disaster. Even if a doctor prescribes like a cocktail of different drugs, I'm always very leery of it. Like, how do you know that this guy is going to react correctly to this? And they don't. That's why they keep on checking. You. That's why they keep on changing it up on you. And I don't think that ever these things uh, go out of your system in the end. I think something rewires in your brain and you are stuck like that forever right um the test results were expected to shed more light on benoit's last moments he killed his wife and seven-year-old son of course as we all know in their atlanta home placed bibles next to their bodies and then hung himself on the uh cable of a weight machine so that's what ended up happening and that's the latest thing as far as the entire setup of 
what was in the system and where they were all coming from. And the Xanax thing gets me. What is it Xanax is specifically supposed to do? I only know all these for fun. I, I've <laughs> never taken a drug for what it's used for. My friends tell me, yeah, I'm on Xanax or I'm on Zoloft or I'm on it, this. It, and I'm like, what does depression. that mean to me? Are you on anything? No, not right now. I don't take anything. <laughs> really, you seem to be slurring your words. Uh, I, uh, I've never taken any of these. You know, when I'm on drugs, I speak perfectly. It's odd. I'm, I turn into uh, Big Daddy Arthur P. You're all of a sudden you're James Earl Jones. Instead of James Earl Ray. Next. If you missed it, here's what was next. Dubs will recap completely what we've done so far and then get to the number one story of the week according to us. Again, I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. Next. Countdown to the top ten stories of the week according to us. Done this show previously on Terrestrial at 92.3 Free FM for a couple of weeks. We did what we call the next cast. The news podcast version of it. Mm -hmm. MySpace.com slash next radio. Number ten this week, Dubs. 500 pound man saved in a river. Best part of this story was the end when he said, it's the potato chips. It's the potato <laughs> chips that did me in. It took like 40 or 50 willpower. people to save this guy. Hovercraft couldn't do it. He, he blames on Lay's. Canoes couldn't do it. You know. Fucking Pringles, bro. They, uh, they couldn't even get a helicopter for this dude. Uh, number nine, John Lovitz versus Andy Dick, a fight at the L.A. Comedy Club. Lovitz blaming Dick for the death of Phil Hartman back in 1997. Man, that was 10 years ago. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long, does it? Let it die already. It's been 10 years. It's yeah, I mean, if you're going to start a fight with it, start it in 98. Right. Don't wait till 2007. Number eight, accidental N-bomb at a Rhode Island law school, and then Al Sharpton being behind and down with and cool with the return of Imus. And we're just like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> what was all that fucking... Yeah, shitstorm he, of political correctness for him. Yeah, he has a uh, history of this. Uh, he deserves to lose his job, not a suspension. But basically, he's saying this uh, long of a suspension has been fine. Then Dubs and I stepped behind the mic and kind of explained who we are, for those of you that don't know, what it's been like for us to be on the beach for the last few months, mm. several months, however many it is since November. And uh, kind of a little revealing there. Number seven, your gas breaking point, the vast majority of Americans say if it gets to three fifty a gallon, they're going to have to start scaling back. No, they won't. Number five, Bobby Brown versus Osama Bin Laden. Being scared about the fact that uh, oh, apparently Bin Laden had a thing for Whitney Houston. And so Bobby Brown thought he may actually be on an Al-Qaeda hit list. Number five, men still using one-liners even though women pretty much run from them mm -hmm. and then we got into that whole askmen.com what turns chicks off whenever you're about to have sex with them it got way too revealing then it was the next hack list the top sports cliches and some of the over the top homer calls yes homer calls uh number four sex education for kindergartners that one obama says we should be doing Mitt romney says no thubs and i I'm down for it. I think you got to learn as soon as possible. you got to genuinely stop coddling children so much. they got to know about what their bodies can do and why and how it could be harmful to them if someone else is trying to do something. I'm not saying force it on them, but why lie to them every single time they ask a question? Where do babies come from? Oh, I don't want to tell them. Uh, I'll just lie and say a bird brought it. Right. It's so stupid. Number three, 
was the spreading of HIV by a soldier. Number two was gang mom who uh, drove her kid and some other kids in the gang to a skate park to mm-hmm. stab another kid. They were all between the ages of like 13 and 14. And then Dubs, we just did sports, World Series of Poker, Michael Vick, and Chris Benoit. That brings us to the number one story of the week. Next. Number one. Nummer zeichen eins. Numero uno. Numero one. The number one story. Next to download. A baby born right inside of a local Denny's and apparently dumped in the restroom trash. Good evening. I'm Laura Diaz. And I'm Paul Majors. The baby's young mother was apparently here on vacation. CBS 2 Orange County reporter Dave Lopez is live with our top storyteller. Dave. Well, Paul, Laura, very unusual set of circumstances right here in the shadows of Disneyland at the Denny's behind me. The one thing we can tell you is that the baby girl born shortly after noon is in good condition and doing well at a local hospital, and so is the alleged mother who, for a time, tried to, den- tried to deny the police that she gave birth, except all the evidence gave her away. According to Anaheim detectives, this teenager, under the age of 18, and a tourist from Indiana, gave birth to a baby girl in the bathroom of a Denny's restaurant around the corner from Disneyland. Here's one thing. How can she even try? Once you've been pegged, how can you deny that the kid's yours? It's simple as a blood test. You, You can't, after you're caught like that, why try to deny it? Well, she's stupid enough to give birth in a Denny's bathroom. I doubt that she has any sort of smarts after that. I just, I don't see where that would be an issue as far as she's thinking this whole thing through. Next to download. When police and paramedics got here, they did find a baby. It was in the restroom. Uh, Paramedics uh, took that baby to a local hospital where she is in good condition. I think it's really mean that they called the baby Josie Grossy. (laughs) That was uh, serious. There's no need for that. Come on, you're above that. It's a real-life garbage pail kid at this point. Next to download. Because the alleged mother is underage, we will not show her face or identify her. She sat in a squad car for a brief moment and then was transported by paramedics on a stretcher. Her condition is good. The baby, now a ward of the court, cannot be photographed at all. Police have been able to release... First of all, her condition is good. This exposes women as liars. The bullshit about the pain of childbirth. Yeah. This 17-year-old girl goes to a Denny's, uh, eats... Has a baby. I'm making it before she ate. Then goes right back to the fucking booth. Yeah. So I don't want to hear about it being painful. This girl then sat in a squad car. Here, it may be painful, but not too painful to enjoy a moons over my hammy. I mean, she really does put the vast majority of women to shame. Yeah. If you had a chick who was pregnant, be like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. I want to hear all this crying. You don't need that epidural. Remember Denny's girl? <laughs> Shot it. All right? Next to download. Court cannot be photographed at all. Police have been able to release this information. The young mother was traveling from Indiana with a group of people, perhaps her parents or perhaps the parents of her boyfriend. They had gone to Disneyland, apparently, and were in Denny's having lunch. According to detectives, this is a scenario that happened just after noon. The group sat down to eat. The girl excuses herself, goes to the bathroom, and gives birth, and then puts the baby girl in a trash can, and then walks through these doors outside. Wait, hold on. So she goes in there, drops a baby. Does she walk out, like, you know, like, acting like, wow, I just... I took a mean dump. You Do know? not go in there. Yeah, like uh, trying to you know, get people to stay away from the bathroom for a little bit. Like, hey. 
What did she do too? Like I think it was like six pounds, seven ounces that dump. Ooh. <laughs> what does she do as far as cleanup? I mean, it can't be. There even has to be. I would think there's a stench. And what does she do with like the uh, the umbilical cord? How does she cut that? Does, yeah, she take that, a, does she take a butter knife with her, knowing she's about to get pregnant, and just sitting there dully cutting that thing off? That is not a question that I even thought of, and because this has happened before. Like people have, like there's that prom baby who was dumped in the trash can, and I've never heard someone ask a question. How the hell did you cut the umbilical cord afterwards? You know what? I, we're probably going about this all wrong, thinking inside the box. You got the answer, but they probably don't care. They probably just rip it from either point, which is. Just awful to think about right now because I have an oozing but, belly button. <laughs> but they rip it, okay? It's like a wishbone. The longer side, you're going to either have to tuck in your underwear like it's a dugan, or Shut you're going to wrap it around the baby. Seriously. You, you, have you to. can't tuck it like it's a tampon string. <laughs> you no- have to. You can't let that thing uh, dangle up underneath your dress. Oh. It has to be tucked somewhere. It looks like China's clit. <laughs> Just fucking enormous. Uh, all right, let's get back to the download tubs. Some dirt. Next download. At that point, a female who was with the group, a female adult, then went from her booth into the restroom, found the baby in the trash can, and call for help. We still have a, a long investigation to conduct, so we don't know what charges may potentially be filed at this point. Outside- Can you find out about the cleanup and the umbilical cord, please? Yeah, come on, ask them questions. Be a reporter. Those are the things that <laughs> need to be known. Yeah, they, you know, if you want the uh, the crowd to really be interested in your story, find out how you cut the umbilical cord after something like that. Next download. Outside the restaurant, this young man, identified by police as the boyfriend of the alleged mother, didn't have anything to say. Don't know if he's the father, but everyone in the group, according to one witness, appeared to be in shock as they walked away. And everyone in that traveling party is now being investigated and interrogated by Anaheim police. Of course, the biggest question the police want to know, didn't anyone in that group know that this girl was pregnant? Your point in life, man, I'm Dave Lopez. Fuck that. Ask about the cleaning. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you, can, you can't tell if girls are pregnant. Don't bullshit around that question. Now, again, this is a, the whole myth. Like, women are being exposed here. This one girl's squashing all these myths of, I have to get fat mm-hmm. when I'm going to have a baby, which, by the way, pisses me off to no uh, end, because I've never understood a woman who, essentially at that time, you have to understand you're an incubator for your child. Mm. So you don't need to be eating pickles and ice cream. I can see how you may not be able to work out like you once could. You know, maybe maybe you have to uh, change up that kind of stuff a little bit. But you don't have to change up your diet to the point where you are just shoving junk into your face as assume, much as you can. Yeah, I would assume you'd want to have salads and fish. Well, maybe not fish. I guess the mercury thing. But, you know, a lot of protein. Just good food. Not the bullshit you put in your body. And this girl doesn't get White fat. White cigarettes. Right. Doesn't get fat, die monster. And she ends up having a very easy birth. This chick is fucking tough. I've never known a woman like this strong, and let me say too, heartless, to where you could just drop it off in the trash can. Mm-hmm. I can see, okay, a few days afterwards, you get attached to it. It's like a puppy. You know, when, you, when you're first at a, uh, you know, picking out a cat or a dog, you look at him, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. But if you took one of those home, you'd be in love with it. But that day, you could probably jump, drop it in the trash. Same thing with the first day with the baby. <laughs> what? I think that that's what's going on there with the women. 
Now, the thing about uh, Denny's, of course, this is perfect for their new fall line of menus. Full uh, publicity for it, actually. Yeah. The, Din- I, the Denny's newborn you know skillet. You know, I think this is just a publicity sign. I don't think it's actually even happened. I think they're just over there pushing the... Shenanigans. I think they're pushing their new SIDS. Uh, sudden Infant Dessert Sunday. I think that's what they're pushing right now. The Rudy Tooty Fresh and Gooey. That's not Denny's. You're right. That's IHOP. My bad. <laughs> that's not the kind of publicity but, they would want. But the great thing is now they're featuring uh, empty height chairs. It's really, you know, you look at this. And this is why it's the number one story of the week. To show how heartless a woman can be, even though the whole thing of motherhood. Once again, my whole theory about mothers. And how this mother genuinely could have given two shits. Maybe she did. <laughs> That's what ended up happening. Next. 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 On the next episode. I hope my mom didn't listen to this. I know, my mom is like some. They shouldn't be listening to this anyway. This is a uh, extreme channel. Your ears can't handle this. Well, Dubs, um, there it was. Next. Countdown of the top ten stories of the week, according to us, half and Dubs. Uh, for the next episode, who knows? We may switch things up a little bit. We may mm. we got a couple of different ideas. Uh, we just kind of did this one on the fly, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Mainly here, I want to say thank you. Yeah. And a lot of people we got to give thanks to. Uh, of course, Ron and Fez and their staff for allowing us to have one of these weekend slots to do this thing. Black Earl, Pitsy, Lily, uh, Nico. The new uh, new stud in town, and of course Eastside Dave. Definitely. So I want to, and you know Ron and Be- Fez are just fantastic. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you to those guys. Thank you for O and A for allowing us to have a couple hours on the virus, which is absolutely the best station anywhere, uh, considering what you could do satellite, terrestrial, whatever. It's a fucking fantastic concept, and we're genuinely honored to be able to be here. Wiki, Elo for uh, giving the okay for this thing. Um, from Wagbag RMP GP, he helped out, tried to get a, you know, building the momentum, letting people know that Next is out here and, the, you know, half fan dubs from the hideout are looking to do some stuff and he was spreading the good word thanks to him. And of course, all the, the message boards and the web boards, you know, Wagbag Full Blown AIDS, RonFez.net. And I know Dugout Doug is planning a big push on this as well, so thank you, Dugout Doug. And, uh, NextRadioFans.com where you can get the entire hideout library for now until we end up getting picked up uh, you know whatever but in the meantime we'll be hanging out definitely check out our MySpace add us as a friend and continue to spread the good word of next that's myspace.com slash next radio alright dubs uh, you got anything 5,000 we out bitch until next time 5,000